Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Jeremy, pick up pick a movie that you've seen this year. <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. This episode of Sincast is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema streaming exceptional films from around the globe. Each day, Mubi introduces a new gem and you have one month to watch it. From cult classics to acclaimed masterpieces, every film is hand-selected by experts. Try Mubi free for 30 days at mubi.com slash cinemasins. That's mubi.com slash cinemasins for your extended free trial. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Kapow! Yeah. <laughs> and from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Hi-o! And uh, w- joining us again for, what, the third time? Is this the third? I think that's right. The third yeah. time. Aaron Dicer. Yay! Oh, hello there. <laughs> from Sithpa. Yeah. <laughs> Nicely done. Sithpa. Sith-pa. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I saw Aaron do that live. Really? Uh, when we were uh, doing the Phantom Thread and everything, mm-hmm, yeah. and I was like, "Holy shit, <laughs> the legend is real!" <laughs> um. Uh, anyway, uh, we are delving into another in our series of best of the years that we've been alive. It's 2017. I would have voted for Obama for a third term if I could. This is not going to go the way you think. Lady Bird, is that your given name? Yeah, I gave it to myself. It's given to me by me. You can sew almost anything into the canvas of a coat. You'll flow too. You'll do. You'll do. Yeah, you can't look like you and yell white girl. It's okay. We hate terrorists. We made it another year. We did. We're still alive. Man, I am going to be the fly in this ointment. (laughs) I am going to fuck this up so hard because all of you have seen all these great Oscar nominees. Yeah. And I'm the populist in the room. I've I've, uh, the most, I guess, artsy awards nominated movie I've seen is probably Dunkirk. And so you guys are like, you might go around the room when we do your votes, and you might vote for three billboards, <laughs> and you might vote for Shape of Water, and you might vote for uh, Lady Bird, mm. and I'll be over here going, Dunkirk. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of those movies are off the table for now. We need yeah. a populist, though. You know, everybody Absolutely. out there, not everybody has seen all of these Oscar nominated films. Some of them are limited release. Some of them are aren't out on Blu-ray yet or streaming or anything like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, you've got you've got a voice in here. I do. Yes. Well, I would even if you told me I didn't. Right. Because I would assert my voice. <laughs> anyway, best of 2017. Yeah. Pretty um, good year. It was a very good year. Yes, it was. As in, what was that? That's Sinatra song? Yes, it was. Um, it was or a very the, good year. The Simpsons parody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a very good beer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, it started off well, Yeah, too. no kidding. Uh, we had, right off the bat, you had stuff like Split come out, mm-hmm. and you had Get Out, which has endured all the way to Oscar season, yeah. came out in February. Logan. 
Logan came out in March. And so, yeah, like, it started off off the bat. I was like, geez, this might be pretty good. And then you looked forward <laughs> to the to the rest of the year. And you're like, okay, yeah, there's definitely your usual shit movies that are going to be coming out. But there's some very interesting ones, too. And, man, this Oscar season, good God. I It, it was tiring trying to find all those <laughs> yeah. movies. I found most of them. <laughs> so, um, With your Aaron, they just send them to you. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's got to be the life. Yeah, it's got to be. <laughs> What's, what's funny is that a lot of these movies that are Oscar nominated came out to us in 2018. So yeah. we're catching them after the year. But Well, even to know. me, with Phantom Thread, they mm-hmm. didn't send out screeners for Phantom Thread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were just like, hey, if you're going to see this, see this. I actually think it's part of strategy on their part to have this last bit of buzz where everybody's seeing it at the same time right before the nominations. Uh, so and it appears it might have paid off. It got several nominations and it has mm-hmm. some momentum right now. So it's an interesting theory and you know an interesting strategy. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, there's there's just some that we're just now seeing, even though they're technically 2017. Right. Where do we want to start? You want to start with Phantom Thread? Uh, we yeah, we could. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> it's a movie that came out. <laughs> we'll start at the very end of 2017. Uh, yeah. Well, Phantom Thread is one of the two movies that I saw twice in the year. Although I guess I'm gonna have to say three now. <laughs> um, no, there's a few I guess I saw twice, but th- I saw this twice in theaters. And uh, and Phantom Thread is just one of those. It's it's outstanding. Yeah, I don't know how many people I can recommend it. Mm. i think it's probably even more divisive it seems like starting at the master paul thomas anderson got more and more divisive with inherent vice and now phantom thread mm-hmm. you know that's interesting because that's not my read on it at all i feel like it's a little more there's a little more that's able to be taken on the surface level of phantom thread that somebody who's not looking for that you know deeper stuff or interest you know the stuff that we find more interesting can find right there on the surface level you know it's a little weird if you look at it that way Mm -hmm. like it's you know it's a messed up movie if you just kind of take the the things that are actually happening in the movie but uh i've heard from people who don't usually like you know artsy films or metaphoric films that kind of stuff i think like the people who hate mother can like phantom thread you know (laughs) they're very similar movies in a lot of way but you know but this one is a little more it holds together as a story yeah, you it's know, more so. accessible. Yeah, yeah, and uh, everything. It does it's take just, its time, though. It does. No, that is true. <laughs> it's for just sure. that it's just that I think some people are gonna, you know, they're gonna look at this relationship and go, "Oh, come on," or something mm-hmm. like that, or you know, maybe all that all that waiting and slow payoff and everything isn't going to be the best for them. I don't know who to recommend this to, but yeah. I love the movie. Yeah. And um and uh, yeah, it would it would definitely be in the uh, consideration mm-hmm. for me in the top five. Oh yeah, it's yeah. one of the best of the year, and PTA is hit or miss for me. Uh, I think we had discussion about Inherent Vice, uh, which I think is an awful movie. Like I cannot stand <laughs> that movie. I'm Barrett. I know that that pains you because you're falling more and more in love with it. I, I think love too. That movie so yeah, much. it's <laughs> it's so interesting all the way through. Every time you watch it, it's something just different yeah. about yeah. it. You know, um, it's, just, it's a, I have the same uh, reaction. Yeah. Maybe I, maybe I need to revisit it and, and check it. But I just remember spare being two and a half hours out of my mind during that movie. I just I was like, you know, it's it's one of those that doesn't it doesn't beg me to rewatch it because I, I remember the feelings I had watching it the first time, and I just I don't want to experience. If it's those not again. a stone comedy i don't really want movies doing things to try and make me feel like i'm on drugs <laughs> i don't find that experience very enjoyable but i only bring it up to say i loved phantom thread you mm-hmm. know like i really saw the metaphorical work that he was doing here you know about relationships and marriage and it's just i 
I think it's a genius film. Yeah. I really do. Um, and uh, you know, you mentioned the thing about the Masters. That that's when he started teaming up with Annapurna and Megan Ellison and all that. Mm-hmm. All those movies are under this banner, and he has made these adventurous movies yeah. under that banner. So he, he's probably loving every minute. Oh of, yeah, he can do that. whatever the hell he wants to. Yeah, right Megan now. Ellison is like, I, I don't care if I even <laughs> yeah. lo- lose money on these right. things. You know, it's like it's it's great for me because I get to see the best of pta i think or right whatever. well phantom thread also has a new breakout star um daniel day lewis yeah absolutely <laughs> where did he come He's, from good things in store <laughs> off the radar <laughs> yeah. and now bam nominated for an oscar it's amazing what yeah. a year <laughs> the, but, the theater that we went to see phantom thread in uh was also playing in the other one uh, my left foot mm-hmm. and i was thinking like that's a hell of a double feature <laughs> yeah Actually, I think watching Daniel Day-Lewis's filmography from start to finish would be torturous in terms of just all the different <laughs> yeah, no places kidding. he For takes sure. For sure. Um, well, you, you joke about it, but every every Day-Lewis performance is like a debut performance because almost. it's mm-hmm. his characters are so complete and yeah. filled out. It, it feels like a completely new actor, it even though it's still him. It really shouldn't work. The way he goes about his method, it really... like. We should be able to make fun of people like that because it doesn't <laughs> actually make them good actors. But it works for him. Oh, That's absolutely. I, it wouldn't work for me. No. I could go and spend a year apprenticing and learning how to build these dresses, and it wouldn't help me get in that character anymore. Well, but. and if you watched, uh, <laughs> what was the, uh, Jim and Andy, the documentary no, yeah, Jim yeah, and yeah, Andy? Yeah. yeah. Didn't necessarily work for Jim Carrey either, you right. know, in Man on the Moon. Not. I mean, I love that performance, but, you know, you look at what was going on on the set, and it was just you know madness. So yeah. or Jared Leto in Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, was that method? He sent dead rats to his cast. Oh, that's and, right. Like, used right. condoms I and totally stuff. Forgot. <laughs> I, How I, you play the Joker as a method actor? That's <laughs> messed up. I I do wonder about that though. That Jim and Andy thing that you're talking about. Uh, it, 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 are we going to say that it didn't work? Because I mean, because I don't. I feel like he definitely captured the character and. And and people were like, this is exactly him. Like, maybe it's because he doesn't let anybody in. That's what. But that's the problem, right? With Andy Kaufman, he didn't let people. Right. In. right. And uh, and so, like, it's it's tough to really say. Now, that movie, I I don't remember anything about the movie. I just remember him. And that's what I'm saying. I think what when he did it, it so dominated that set and dominated that the movie around him wasn't able to be the best movie it could be Mm -hmm. because he was dominating everything about how that movie was made. So he gives this killer performance, but the movie itself suffers, I think, because that's all it was about. Yeah, it might have been it might have been nice to even have some sort of creative interpretation, you know, be like. Well, maybe b- behind closed doors, he was, you know, normal person you right. know, that wasn't always in character. <laughs> that's right. yeah, Isn't exactly. Courtney Love in that movie? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. part of the problem, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Milo Forman needs to stop thinking she's an actress. Yeah. Well, he, I think he did after that. I think he did, but after, he put her in at least that, two movies. Yeah, two movies. Um, but uh, that's, an that's an interesting thing about that documentary is just uh, watching Milos having to deal with that. Oh, oh having man. to talk to Jim as if he's Andy. Yes. Oh. Yes. I felt so bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so rough. Because he's both, he's both like, I understand that this is good for the movie, but it's such a pain in the ass. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, know? Franco did this on Disaster Artist, too, right? I think he did. Like, he stayed in character as Wazoo the whole time? think so. I think so. I think something similar to that. It yeah. may not have been as what Jim Carrey did, though. No, Like, no. Jim Carrey was like, basically, I'm Andy Kaufman, and everything that I do is Andy. what Andy Kaufman would have done. It's like that 
I always go to Seinfeld. It's like when they're filming the premiere and the girl playing Elaine <laughs> like falls in love with Seinfeld. Like she thinks she's Elaine, and they're like in the makeup chair, and the casting director comes in and calls her the actress's name, and she doesn't say anything. And Jerry's like, "Try Elaine," and she says Elaine, and the girl turns around immediately. <laughs> like she th- become Elaine. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Uh. So. So after that, what do we want to talk about? Well, speaking of the disaster artist, where do we fall on that? Because when we saw this movie. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And yes, all the stuff about James Franco has come out and everything. Has the movie itself lost a little bit of sheen? I think so. Yeah. Um, it, it, is, it is a great little companion piece to people who, have, who are obsessed with the room. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if, it's, if it stands alone by itself, you know? Like, I mean, I've never seen the room, and I, I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, but... It's one of those things that it's so performance based uh, from from Franco's James Franco's performance specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Franco does a great job too, but mm-hmm. it's I mean this is owned by by James and um, you know it, it's fine. Again, it's a really enjoyable watch, but I don't know how much it sticks with it. You really does, I think, require the room. Like it requires you to know that movie so well because like all the performances in there are based off of what we know yeah from that and uh and it does kind of require it you know i mean i guess it's still good on i mean it's still good Mm -hmm. it's just that it does lose a little bit after after time i think i'll have to watch it again but i think it does lose a little bit over time it's a it's a quality film like it's it's well made the performances are very interesting you know there's there's a lot to to see and enjoy uh, my issue, even right after I saw it the first time, was I think that the energy of it is a little off for me. Even before like the the James Franco stuff came out, just the the idea of two things: number one, kind of uh, taking a oh no, we're honoring it, but then we're also laughing at it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a little bit of punching down, you know, so mm-hmm. to speak. Uh, that, that set you know kind of wrong with me. I guess I'd bring up another 2017 movie that I think has kind of the same themes and message which i really love about you know creating your thing that i think was even better and that's brigsby bear Mm. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to see brigsby bear it has kind of those that same energy of not necessarily doing a great job at creating your thing but you're very passionate about it and you love it and kind of celebrating creativity without the ickiness that you know kind of comes along with what is you know the tommy Wiseau thing you know really about there's there's a little bit of dark mystery there Mm -hmm. in some ways too so so yeah, I'd recommend Brigsby Bear. I'm from the Bayou. Yeah, sure you are. <laughs> Tom, by the way, Tommy threatening now to re-release the room in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. In IMAX. That's what we need. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, pick up pick a movie that you've seen this year. What? <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> I, I admitted it at the outset. You don't have to like kick me when I'm down. Uh, I will. Uh, I'll start with uh, Dunkirk. There are. Yeah. There are basically two movies. I've seen that I'm prepared to vote as one of as the best of the year, and Dunkirk is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think we've kind of forgotten how awesome it is because it came out in the summer, mm-hmm. and you tend to slot those movies into the blockbuster portion of the, your brain and the uh, awards contenders. But this is, I think, Nolan firing on. Every single cylinder there is in terms of the way he likes to play with time uh, to tell his stories and the way he builds tension. I have never been as anxious in a movie as I have been in this movie. <laughs> no, legit. The way he plays with sound. Um, the, 
I think he took a big risk in trying to tell a story with very minimal dialogue and very minimal characterization, uh, at least spoon fed to the audience uh, to try and put you in a moment from a couple different perspectives that history has sort of forgotten. Uh, I only saw it the one time dying to see it again Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, I already have anxiety. It's already there, right? So I can go watch a movie like The Lorax, and it's going to give me a little bit of an anxiety. <laughs> but if a movie can alone get on that me one. close to an like an actual anxiety attack, yeah. the movie is doing a lot of things right. And it, it's been since the opening minutes of Fargo, not Fargo, Argo. <laughs> <laughs> Fargo, too, I guess. Uh, but where they're, the, the embassy's being attacked, and uh, Affleck does a really great job building the tension in that movie, but especially in those first few minutes, I felt palpably anxious. Uh, and I just think Dunkirk, I, I actually have read he did this on purpose. He 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 considered it an awards prestige film and he released it in blockbuster season on purpose. I don't know if he's just playing around or was doing that for box office reasons or what have you. But I have a feeling he's not going to win. Nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Deservedly so. That's but what, I think there's been so much buzz the last few months about all these other films, it's it's slid off the radar. Yeah, I think so, too. That's what all the Nolan movies, though, have been. The Inception, I thought, was the best movie of 2010, and it didn't have a chance Mm-mm. whatsoever. Um, it seems like they're, that the Academy is, is willing to say, I, I think this is awesome, but they haven't quite gotten to the point where they want to award him anything. Dunkirk is an interesting case this year because... I don't know if I ran into more people who hated a movie that I loved than Dunkirk. Really? Yeah. Really? I don't think I've seen anything negative. No, it, it, I'm I've, talk- I've got a little bit. Oh, you. I'm talking about people that I just run into that are not like big movie fans yeah. or anything, that they just go, you know, they just, whatever, whatever their tastes are, I don't know, but like, uh, I would say, man, I love Dunkirk, and some and people would be like, yeah, uh, I didn't really like that. That's interesting. And I don't know what what it is that they didn't like about it um i think i can speak to that yeah i think there are two main things i think number one uh the way he plays with time is more confusing in this movie than it's been in i think any of his other films i Mm -hmm. think there are there are moments that almost seem to contradict each other and i think it's one of those things where it, it actually does work out and it certainly works out in his head i just don't know that he put on the screen everything that needs to be there Mm. so that the audience is completely with kind of what's going on um there are a couple scenes with killian murphy in different places and i know people i talked to couldn't figure out how that was even possible well and he only you know? gives you one cue for each time period right, right? yeah it comes yeah. up on screen once mm-hmm. and then whenever it cuts back to that you you're expected to remember mm-hmm. so i understand well, so that's so one of the things is, is a level of confusion uh the other thing is what art you already mentioned which is there is no connection to these characters beyond the event that they're in. Yeah. So, you know, people will talk about um, you know, who was I rooting for, identifying with and you know, I, I the line that I've said is that it is a genius film. Um it is a genius historical reenactment, but it's not necessarily a genius storytelling experience you know Mm. there's there's not a lot of the typical protagonist antagonist you know kind of thing which we love we think is genius and artistic and i think maybe it's more of an art film than we give it credit for you know what i mean it is beautiful and and when there are art films there's always going to be a lot of people are just like i don't i show me show me the story of the guy who goes to war and blows stuff up i came out of that movie one i saw it with one or both of you guys saying he's nolan's just on another level Mm -hmm. like the way he like the way he positions the camera, the shots he gets. the Oh, it's gorgeous. The idea to break it down in those three different times. I mean, he's just, there's almost no one out there who 
he's just seeing the game different, man. Yeah. Like than almost anyone else. Because it takes you until nearly the end of the movie to figure out how these pieces work together. Right. Uh, which I think is why it's so great that he only gives you the cue at the beginning. Yeah. Because then you start flashing back. No other film or very few films do that to where you're self-referencing during the movie and coming to this realization. I can't wait to watch it again, too, because now, now knowing yeah. how they all fit what together see starting from through. the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention, I was looking for that mole the whole movie. <laughs> More, 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 more. Um. So yeah. Uh. So interesting. There were two movies about Dunkirk. One was explicitly about Dunkirk. The other one. Which was, one? Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about it. The Darkest Hour. No, they, they were both explicitly about Dunkirk. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Um. But uh, Darkest Hour, which is uh, sort of Gary Oldman's, um, you know. Uh, I guess promised Oscar essentially, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, this is this is the uh, the stuff uh, going on during Dunkirk when Winston Churchill rises to uh, to power, and it's it's an interesting it's an interesting movie, very good. It's more performance based, obviously. It's not like something that's like you know I don't know about the story is like keeping you just glued or anything because you i don't know I, I like the themes i like the emotion there's a train scene towards the end that i thought was one of the, the better scenes in in movies this year very mm -hmm. powerful emotionally a moment where he goes to the people and you know says what do you think that about was a, this that and, was great yeah it's a really good scene so i there's there's some really good emotion here it's a well-told told story i'm a sucker for a well-told true story mm -hmm. it just for me it's another level of interest for me when i know it's based on real events uh so so yeah so i i i you know I, to me it's the perfect one two pairing yeah with dunkirk because it, it does it gives all that context that you know maybe dunkirk doesn't necessarily hey, you give. know what we should do is we should get somebody on youtube to cut those two films together into one movie it would yeah, like the godfather the saga it's gonna happen you know it will somebody's gonna do it not gonna be me was there was there something that left you cold about darkest hour no i loved darkest oh, hour okay. actually um yeah, no, I mean, it, there's some pacing at times where, it, and, and the women characters, I think, was one of my main things. They, they don't have a lot of agency. There's not a lot of, you know, it's all about him. But that's, I mean, it's a movie about him. So, you yeah. know, I, wasn't, I didn't necessarily hold that against it it's, too it, much. It's kind of distracting when you, when you, uh, you know, hire Lily James to be a secretary right. who's just right. like kind of there in the background. Exactly. That's, you yeah. know, and, uh, and, and it, it's like, well, is she super important? Like, she's important, but she's not like yeah. super important. Well, right? even his wife, they, they, you know, they tried to give his wife, you know, some scenes and mm. some importance there but it didn't it didn't really completely gel um but it was again it was a movie about him it's so good to see mm. Kristen scott thomas back in the movie no yeah <laughs> you know? it's, it's, no like, it's been a while it seems like maybe she's in something else too coming yeah up, she's right? in that uh that uh dark comedy that's yeah, yeah, coming yeah. Out that yeah i can't remember the name of but uh but yeah those those very interesting back to back so like be interesting to watch those two or whatever what else uh, sticking with the best picture stuff, what about Get Out? Get Out! Ooh. Now, I got a mini rant about this movie. All right. Do it. I'm to, I don't like the haters. Mm -hmm. There's this thing I see, mostly on forums, Reddit, comment, Twitters, that kind of thing, where somebody will say something about Get Out, and right below it, without fail now, you're going to see somebody saying, I don't see what the fuss was about. Oh, really? I don't God. see what the fuss was about. I mean, about. I shouldn't be surprised. Well, I don't see what the fuss was about. I mean, it's the same last year with La La Land. I yeah. mean, it's all, anytime there's you know something getting a lot of love, there's always going to be I haters. do not like horror movies mm -hmm. as a genre. I don't enjoy seeing myself scared. I don't like blood. I don't like violence. Do you love Wrong Turn? 
<laughs> I, lo- I love shitty horror movies because I'm not scared at those. Right. Uh, and I fucking loved Get Out. I mm-hmm. uh, regret hugely that I missed it in the theater and didn't get to it until it was on home video. Uh, but it does so many things that great movies do that horror movies don't typically do. Mm-hmm. And I really think, I mean, Jordan Peele's already saying he's going to give up acting. Um, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Because if this was his first film, um, imagine what he's going to be making five, six films from now. Yeah, and I, it's really a good call that he wasn't in this and that he got yeah. Daniel Kaluuya well, to Well, he could easily play. have been in it. Yeah. He could have cameo. He could have M. Night shyamalan himself in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but he wanted to tell a story. He he had this idea. He wrote the script. He wanted to hold the reins mm. and, and make it what he wanted it to be. Got great actors, got, put great talent around him, but it's one of the most impressive directorial debuts ever. Yeah. Mm. Right up there with Affleck's Gone Baby Gone. And I think, mm. yeah, I think, I mean, we'll stay on Get Out for a little bit, but uh, there were two incredible di- directorial debuts this year. The other Lady Lady Bird being, Lady Bird. being oh, the other yeah. one. So, yeah. but yeah, Get Out is phenomenal. It's another one I didn't quite love as much as everybody else did. There's a lot of plot convenience here. There's a, there's a lot of things that happen just because they have to. Uh, at the end of the day, if I'm enjoying the story, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, every movie has to cheat. I mean, that's kind of what Cinema Sins is about. You know, yeah. every, every movie has to sin well, somewhere. Well, the TSA friend, that's the only part where I kind of, it loses me a little bit. Uh, the phone call and he figures stuff out and comes in at the end. And he's playing, a li- he's in a comedy, even though everyone else is in yeah. <laughs> a horror movie. And yeah. I wish he would have dialed that down a little bit more. Go on, I interrupted No, you. no, you're good. But what makes this movie so great is how... It lays in this incredible metaphor, a metaphor about racism that's a different angle on racism than we've really ever seen a movie deal with. Right, because Uh, it's from a unique perspective. Yeah, I just, I loved what it had to say. Uh, I loved the way it was done. It's it's incredible. Because we're used to that blatant Mississippi burning. Yeah, exactly. In the heat of the night type racism and everything. And this is a different kind of thing when... You have people who try to co-opt another race and pretend like they don't like hate that race at the same time. You know, like they're doing all these things to pretend not to be racist all the way throughout the movie. (laughs) And it's so transparent and everything. And there's that look Daniel Kaluuya has with everybody and everything. I think you brought this up. And like you know that side eye look, like that. Yeah, and, and I mean I'm used to this, and yeah. it, it's fucked up. But you know, across the board, man, like Betty Gabriel and Bradley Whitford and uh, Catherine Keener, Allison Williams, everybody in this movie is right in sync with each other, and including the director. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad you brought up Betty Gabriel because she is phenomenal. Yeah, and limited and get out. I know. mean, just in a in a few moments, that yeah, yeah. scene mm-hmm. where you can you can just feel that there are two characters fighting each other for her words i I mean it was it was one of the most mind-blowing acting scenes yeah you know of this year for sure and daniel nominated for best actor yeah i'm so glad to see that great performance yeah Mm -hmm. um you were talking about you were talking about the racism angle i can't remember who it was i think it was somebody from the movie said we're so used to seeing right-wing racism Hmm. and this is a movie that deals more with left-wing racism Mm -hmm. you know and it's kind of it's interesting to think of it that way you know to kind of put it on the political spectrum, but uh, but yeah, still yeah. don't know why that auction needs to be silent. But I'll, yeah. I'll drop it. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. So uh, this was a big year for uh, comic book adaptations. In fact, uh, to the point where they all sort of like fight in my head as to which one's the best one that came out Mm -hmm. this year. I think we can discard Guardians of the Galaxy 2, even though it was good. Yeah. But, you know, all these other ones are sort of fighting in my head. Except for Justice League. Well, yeah, Justice League. (laughs) I forgot about that already. You don't even need to put that in that shit. Uh, But but you have Logan. You have Spider-Man Homecoming. You have Thor Ragnarok. You have Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. They're all great. They're all amazing. So, like, let's uh let's duke it out which one was the best it's the polar opposite of 2016 by the way it really is Mm -hmm. none of those connected with us Mm -hmm. and i guess because of the the previous year we had low expectations going into these things Mm -hmm. but we were just blown away and so your favorite is spider-man homecoming spider-man homecoming Mm -hmm. and it's probably the film i have the most nitpicks with Mm -hmm. out of all of these two (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh because i I have a lot of problems with where they're going with Spider-Man with the Iron Man suit mm-hmm. and the Tony Stark connection and and action in Spider-Man Homecoming is just a mess for the most part. Yeah. Um, but what they failed at in those areas, they more than made up for with the casting of Tom Holland, the rest of the casting, uh, Michael mm-hmm. Keaton mm-hmm. in particular. Um, and, and this movie is just fun it's just fun like when thor ragnarok came out and everybody was calling it the funniest marvel movie yet i'm like what about spider-man homecoming man i laughed my (laughs) ass off in that movie and then it also has these dark moments like with him and michael keaton in the car where delivers a moment that almost no superhero movie has been able to do that villain hero confrontation that isn't a little bit hollow Mm -hmm. like tony sidling up to loki in the first avengers movie with a glass of scotch or whatever i mean that it was fun but it didn't hold any fear yeah those those dark moments in spider-man homecoming are more believable than any of the gritty you know neo-realism of that that some of these are trying to go for from civil war and you know the reboots of of the dc stuff too man of steel and all that Mm -hmm. stuff so yeah you can get it from a movie that's ostensibly a comedy yeah and when when we first saw the movie i think we did a mini pod review and I thought the score was forgettable. But when we went through and sent it, I realized, no, that theme is good. <laughs> I came around on that theme. Um, and uh, and I find myself humming it as I walk through the house. Mm. I, now, again, we said all four of these are great. I'm just saying this this is the one I think is the best. But we're talking about by fractions of degrees. I'm not in saying that. I'm not saying Logan is trash. Right. Right. You understand. Oh, that, you're right? definitely saying that. I could I could read it. <laughs> There's a lot of subtext there. Uh, you know, I had a, a, my my internal debate is between one. Wonder Woman and Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Wonder Woman was probably my favorite, but Logan might be the best one. It's Logan's the first time since The Dark Knight I really felt like a comic book movie was taking uh, taking comic book stuff and telling a different kind of story with it, yeah. and showing you the possibilities of a comic book story, and and you know a lot of a lot is made of this r rating because deadpool sort of like opened the gateway for it and everything uh and and you can see some things in there where like you know they oh let's show some titties (laughs) (laughs) let's have him say fuck a couple of times but you also get that fight between him and x24 or x23 whatever 
is fucking brutal. Yes. Yes. One of them stabs the other one in the armpit all the way down to <laughs> yeah. his knuckles, man. Yeah. So, they're, they're, I mean, and I have a problem with the, hey, well, let's show some titties because yeah. we can. Let's, right. let's stay fucked because we can. Yeah. But they also took advantage of it in good ways, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Well, they, they didn't even take advantage of it in good ways. They actually got to let the character be who the character is designed right. well, to Wolverine be. Right, as Wolverine has always been Exactly. I, yeah. The, the the trick was making Wolverine PG-13. Yeah. Wolver- <laughs> Wolverine as R makes complete sense. No, in the violence aspect. I absolutely. Mean, he has six giant knives that come out of his knuckles. You know, that's that's going to cost him damage. Or five and a half until he pulls the other one out. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, uh, it just it shows that we don't... I think Logan is something that sort of stands alone. Even though, you know, the, the X-Men movies sort of inform some of the things that we see in Logan, I feel like this is something that we might get to see in the future a little bit more of one-off type of superhero type movies where we're not worried about the franchise so much. We just know that this character is awesome and let's keep it self-contained and we might stop, you know, it might be where Warner Brothers or somebody finally start saying something like, you know, let's stop making every one of these awesome uh, graphic novels with Batman in it as a cartoon and actually making a real movie out of it and not worrying about what happens afterward. Yeah. You know, just make it the standalone thing and and it shows that it, it works. Well, I and think. it sounds like they may be leaning that direction with the upcoming solo Batman movie mm-hmm. that Matt Reeves is going to direct. Because mm-hmm. uh, it sounds like in many ways that's only going to have loose ties to the DCEU. Uh, and so, Thank God. Well, I mean, if it, you get a good director, Batman is gold. Oh yeah, you shouldn't. It be, should be hard to fuck up Batman. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you said, there are plenty of these great arcs from the graphic novels. I've got a dozen of them at home that would make excellent movies. Um, they keep turning them into cartoons, and those are excellent. Mm-hmm. I like watching all those. Anyway, we've derailed. Logan, yeah. it, it does do what you said. It it, it presents superheroes in in a real world, a world that feels real. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Whereas the world of, you know the x-men apocalypse that doesn't feel like <laughs> yeah. the real world no, no. definitely not <laughs> um and and then yeah then thor ragnarok which i think probably is 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 just below those and everything but it shows what happens when marvel like okay let's loose a little bit of the mm-hmm. reins and let somebody like taika waititi do what he does but also stay in that zone that they want and everything they need to do this more, I feel like, yeah. because it's getting to the point where all these movies are the same and everything, and I'd like to see more sort of like auteur type of I Marvel movies. I if something changed, or if, obviously different situations are different situations, but with Edgar Wright and Ant-Man, they clearly were intending to do this. Mm-hmm. Let's get an up-and-comer who has his own unique visual flair and storytelling and let him do his thing. Somewhere along the line he became a little too Edgar Wright for them mm-hmm. and they backed off. That did not happen with Thor Ragnarok, Mm-mm. but Thor Ragnarok feels every bit as outside the normal Marvel pattern as an Edgar Wright Ant-Man should have. Mm-hmm. Did they just not have the balls to let him go through with it then? And now they do. I have a theory. All right. I, th- I think he didn't want to tie in the expanded universe stuff. I think he said, I want this to be my, this total. This comes from nowhere, but my own brain. Okay. But you know, that the, that there might have been this moment where he was like, no, this is my story. I don't want you adding all this other stuff into my story. And they're like, no, no, no this was what makes the mark. You know what I'm saying? But I don't remember a lot of MCU stuff in that movie. They like make a reference to the Avengers, but I don't remember. I don't think like is Falcon in that movie and he's the only one. 
Are you he... talking Ant Man? Yeah, yeah. I, that scene's a perfect example where he has to break in yeah. to the Avengers complex. You know, I can see there being that or some other standoff. Yeah, where he's like, "I'm Edgar Wright. I want to make an Edgar Wright movie," and they're sure. like, "No, no, no. You're making a Marvel movie," mm-hmm. and they just couldn't come come to terms with that. And and perhaps they've learned since then. Yeah, or perhaps nobody else has you know been willing to take that complete of a stand and just say you know because again, Thor Ragnarok, you've got Hulk in there, but it's really. It's not tied too super heavily to the MCU in terms of like the story doesn't. Yeah, until the very, very end. Right, the last right, shot. Right, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe they were listening and said, maybe let a few, let a few sure, of these there's strings. there's a little bit of that, yeah. Because they're right. These are beginning to look homogenous and mm-hmm. they, you know, and, and some people are, you know, like, why didn't you just let Edgar Wright do his thing? Ant-Man would have been a huge hit no matter what, and it would have been a better movie, probably. Yeah. Um, can we, do you want to talk about some shitty movies real quick? Well, <laughs> I didn't get a chance to answer the superhero oh, yeah, question, so at least I'll just answer that and we can move on. Because my favorite, not necessarily the best of those five that you mentioned, but my favorite is actually the one you dismissed right away. I actually like the new Guardians movie. I personally, more than all those other movies, I think a lot of it has to do with I bought in hook, line, and sinker to the Michael Rooker or Yondu stuff. Mm. Like, I thought that stuff was emotionally affecting. I loved the arc of it, the way it moved through the movie. I loved how silly the movie was. And we, we had this conversation actually on, on Sif Pop, mm-hmm. and I, you've kind of gone back and forth and, yeah, you know, seeing that movie. But I'm, I have yo yoed on that movie so many times. It's it's hard to, it, the, the stuff that it really bothers me keeps bothering me. And sure. Stuff that's good is like, oh, yeah, it's better than. I thought it was or whatever but yeah um I don't like it as much as the other ones I would just re-emphasize how close all these are too I have actually all five of those movies in my favorite 41 list are all between 15 and 30 like they're mm. all five of them are clumped together in kind of that middle section it was just a great year for superhero movies yeah you know what that means well next year's gonna suck yeah probably. <laughs> and uh so the, yeah Justice League it was was horrible yeah See, I wouldn't call it horrible. Mm. Mm. I wouldn't call it good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't know that I'd call it horrible either. I would call mm. it... I certainly better laughed. Th- better than Batman v Superman. It definitely mm. is that. I could not find a single redeemable thing about that not movie. Not one? No. Not one? It, it just... It was one of those movies... Not even when Flash is going okay. and Superman yeah, 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 sees right. him. Yeah, that's... That, okay, yeah, that's that's the one. <laughs> You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> That's literally the only time I was like, all right, and then everything just dropped off the fucking face. See, I think that whole scene is great. One of those movies that just, just gets me. I don't know. It, it, it antagonizes. It's it, like it's fucking with me. It is better than Batman v Superman, and it does have that one scene for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean even the whole scene. Like that fight, that fight with Superman whole scene. I, I call, yeah, I call that the scene. Okay. The, yeah, the only problem I have with that is just Superman's motivation in that scene makes no sense sure. to me. Well, I was Superman's dead. whole arc makes I no came sense back to life, movie. and I hate everyone. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm suddenly shirtless. Well, yeah. and, and now that Amy Adams has shown up, even though I don't remember anybody, Amy Adams has calmed me down. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's what the she power does. of boners. That's right. Power of boners, man. It always Super comes boners. back, doesn't it? The power of undead boners. Sometimes they come back again. Um, yeah, this was also a banner year for some uh, just unbelievably unnecessary sequels um pirates of the caribbean dead men tell no tales it's just exhausting to say the title (laughs) even if i said pirates five i would be exhausted by saying it um yeah i don't i 
I guess I understand the appeal of wanting to be in one of those movies. Like one of it is money, but the other is just, I guess it's, Oh, it's kind of fun. I don't have to worry about <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But man, sometimes uh, just uh, this, those movies are so exhausting. Mm-hmm. Why do they have to be five hours long? <laughs> um, no, dude. So th- yeah, that there, th- I don't know. I, and we talked about it briefly in a la- in one of the uh, previous podcasts, but the movie made $800 million worldwide. I don't know if they'll make another one. Johnny Depp is on the on that edge of the scumbaggery that's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's got a unique type of scumbag. Right. And, well, he he was he's another one of those grandfathered types yeah. where his all his stuff came before all the big wave hit. And so like there's not as many people like clamoring for his head, although he, a lot of people were pissed off that he's in this new Fantastic Beast that's coming out mm-hmm. and everything like that. Um but uh, I mean, will they really make another one of those? How? Where can they go now? I don't know. I mean, if it made eight hundred million dollars worldwide, they're probably going to go back to yeah, the they, world. They, yeah, they can go to the bank. Weren't they That's trying? They uh, <laughs> weren't they trying to make Will's son and that girl like a Will and Elizabeth substitute yeah. that they could? Except like they the, brought back Will they, and Elizabeth. They bring back so. Will yes. and Elizabeth at the end. Yes. Um, but Transformers Five. Transformers Five is another unbelievably unnecessary sequel that so came out. Bad. It's so 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 bad. And uh, I have to say that is not necessarily a common opinion, though. Like you get in around the Hoi Polloi, and the you know, I mean, it people love the Transformers movies. They really Polloi. like this one, though. <laughs> this one? No, yeah. I just said in a group the other day, made a joke about Transformers being bad, and they all looked at me like I was crazy. What? And I was like, <laughs> were, you in, oh, maybe, were you in a room full of teenagers? <laughs> no. <laughs> maybe you were in Get Out. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't understand the appeal of those. And and that one, that one may be a more like uh, extreme example because I don't think it made as much money, but it still made enough possibly yeah. to make another one at some point. Well, they they did that writers' room. They're making a Bumblebee movie with Haley Steinfeld. The Transformers train is not stopped. No, no. I think um, Michael Bay may finally leave it behind and God help us for whatever he does after that. <laughs> for whatever he finally leaves the Transformers cuz he's directed all five of these things. Yeah, it's actually five. better to keep him in his lane and that's what I'm keep saying. Him from affecting the rest. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> what if somebody gives him a superhero movie like they did Zack Snyder? He's going to do Bad Boys Three probably. Well, Bad it Boys is, Three just, is is falling through, and it was going to be the guy that directed the Gray. I uh, love yeah. the image of Michael Bay as a toddler who needs entertained. You know, mm-hmm. like he's sitting in the corner, and it's like Michael Bay's getting antsy again. Where, where do we have his Transformers? Where are his Transformers? Get and, Bay his Transformers, and then we can talk a little bit about the Citizen Kane of eighth movies, Fate of the Furious, <laughs> um, which is a, a series that now, like, whereas in Pirates and Transformers don't get the critical love, but get still get that like, you know, two thirds of the people who like the original still go and watch those movies. Fate of the Furious is universally critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. Like these movies now in the seven and eight and all that, people are like, "Oh, they're so fun! Yeah, they're so fun!" And they're really not. They're not <laughs> no. fun. They're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> um, no, I understand the appeal of it. I just I'd never been able to get on board. It, it's all self awareness. That's where all the, the critical acclaim comes from. They believe that they. I should say we because I, I actually do 
uh, like the the Furious movies more than you guys do. Um, but it has a level of self-awareness that Transformers doesn't have. Transformers thinks it's an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. You know, the Fast and the Furious movies know they're not amazing movies and they play into that, the, you know, they turn but into the skid, so to speak. Stupid. And that's and that's a fair argument. And I totally get that. But there are there are stupid things that we love that know they're stupid. And, you know, yeah, but you I don't, don't need to... eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't. But if people, you know, if people like them, so I'm just saying and I, you're not doing this. But most of the time that I see the Fast and Furious franchise defended, it's people saying some variation of just just turn your brain off. And oh, have no, fun. See, I, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And I really don't like that at all, because plenty of smart movies have entertained me. Yeah. Um, and I don't think you have to be stupid to be over the top and self-aware. I think you could make these movies better without being so goddamn dumb. And and I mean, it's just that I don't disagree with that. It's filmmaking by beats now. And it's just we've got to have Dom do this look. We've got to have this kind of car do this kind of maneuver. And it's just uh, there's a way to do it. And keep your self-awareness. I understand what you're saying there. They are winking at the audience. Uh, But just make it a little smarter. Sure, you can still sure. be cute and wink at me, and you can still be a stupid movie in general without being like aggressively stupid, like beating no, I me get to it. a pulp. I totally get it. Here's the thing: they, you know, I understand. Like, you know, there was somebody who brought it up to, I can't remember, one of the producers or maybe the director or whatever was like, "So what? Is it going to go into space now?" And he's like, "Hmm, maybe." <laughs> yep. And uh, and and that's understandable. Like, yeah, I understand that. You know, there is a there is sort of a glee in making it totally ridiculous but there's also that whole thing about you know family and all that it's like so <laughs> right. this just there's this dramatic weight to it and my problem has always been not that it's ridiculous but that i can't ever feel like they're ever in any danger whatsoever during these stuff oh yeah they're superheroes yeah so and and they're but yet not they still have limitations so like i've always had a hard time uh, like accepting the balance on those movies because i feel like if it's if they wanted to go really ridiculous, just go ahead and do it. Just make everything ridiculous at that point. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, to each his own. I know a bunch of you like the uh, Furious movies and everything. I don't. <laughs> Much I, to Vin's dismay, they're gonna make a spinoff with The Rock and Jason Statham. Yeah, mm-hmm. no kidding, right? Yeah, and those guys were so fun. Yeah, <laughs> playing off of each other. It's really a meshing of two different acting it's styles. Some of the worst interplay <laughs> between since, two characters. Not since Gene Kelly and Donald O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yes, I can't wait. Um, okay, what else? Uh, we mentioned Edgar Wright earlier. Do we want to talk about Baby Driver? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Baby Driver was one of my first great experiences uh, this movie year. Uh, came early in the year as well, and so much fun. Uh, it is a musical with cars, mm-hmm. and the way every beat is planned and the, the thinking that went into that, the planning he did for even just that coffee scene, you know, with the graffiti in the background. And yeah. It's just so fun, and it's so vivid with detail and uh other than some way too fast character movements <laughs> that yeah. happen especially with spacey's character yeah. uh the story is interesting and fun uh so yeah i had a good time that, with that uh with baby driver that had the exact opposite effect on me as the disaster artist like that's a movie that got better over time the more i thought about it mm-hmm. uh, because when i was watching it like the first scene is one of the best first scenes I've seen in ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the chase, with the the beat of silence before he launches into that John Spencer yeah. Blues explosion. Oh, yeah, thing. so good. Um, which was featured in our sizzle reel, by the way. <laughs> that was nice. Um, 
just everything about that scene had me hooked. And then, yeah, you're right. There's some character stuff. The whole Spacey thing was just bothersome, basically. Yeah. Uh, but it's still such a just a fun ass movie. This is Edgar Wright doing Edgar Wright shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like uh, I like pretty much everything up until the way too convenient stop by the diner. Yeah. And then yep. the whole John Ham thing in the parking garage. Mm-hmm. I, that's that's my only real problems with it. Everything else I'm, I I love yeah. and everything. And I couldn't be in, more in love with Lily James. No man. kidding, right? But again, and, here she is in another role right. where she just exists to serve the dude. Exactly, you know? exactly. So yeah. so yeah, she had two two roles this year where she was wasted essentially. But <laughs> still, yeah, I like me some Lily James. Yeah. Who's Lily James? She's Cinderella. The she was in oh. Cinderella. Yeah. Okay. Um, she's wasted in that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she was. <laughs> Didn't have anything to do. Um, all right. So a uh, few. Uh, okay. What's uh, let's talk about the biggest movie of 2017? Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Yeah. Talk about them. Like I've never seen a director explain shit about yeah. their movie <laughs> no as kidding. much as he he's almost on like a worldwide explaining my movie I tour mean, right now. Think about. It's think, been interesting. Think about how the entire world just blew up when that movie came out the Mm -hmm. twitter world especially um talking about how much this just disappointed them and all that they just went to ryan johnson and said no sir no this is not the type of movie that we grew up with god damn it (laughs) and and so like um i feel like uh, yeah that i mean he's probably gotten very defensive about the things and saying look look at it this way for once i mean i've seen directors do it once or twice and then you drop it and move on with your life but i every other day i'm seeing an article (laughs) about ryan johnson having explained something else from the last jedi i will say he in the things i i I listened to a a podcast where he's actually friends with the guys he was on their podcast like years before he even became a director and so he went back and they just had a conversation and all the things i've heard him on even on you know his tweets i never pick up an air of like being defensive uh i really pick up an air of confidence Mm -hmm. honesty you know in explaining but it's not i don't feel like he feels like the attack is going to you know like he has to personally fix it uh, I think he's just willing to talk about it, which yeah. can be interpreted that way. But man, it to be a director in this day and age when information is instant and opinions are plentiful, it's got to be weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and and I was talking about this, I believe, on the last podcast, talking about how you know there were a bunch of people who were upset about the whole hologram thing at the end of uh, Last Jedi, and uh, and he had this whole like string of tweets showing little googly eyes yeah, 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 yeah like the book his bookshelf yeah, yeah, and yeah. the book and see i thought that was great yeah and uh and you know i i can see it as being defensive i can also seeing it as being look at it this way before mm-hmm. you judge but okay even if that's where he's coming from at some point enough is enough yeah he's got to stop at some point it, we're, <laughs> we're in february yeah <laughs> i mean well except true. except the buzz isn't stop like that argument isn't stopping like, you know, people are still we're still sitting here having a vehement discussion about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's definitely something that we're people having. Want to discuss. We're having a discussion about the discussion. Yeah, exactly. we're not having a discussion. Well, that's about, what I'm saying. I, I, I guess I guess I just feel like even if his intentions are confident, information sharing, being yeah. open, having a dialogue at some point, it doesn't matter what his intentions are. He is going to look defensive. Sure. Mm. And I think he's already there. Um 
And well, uh, at some point, you damage the film more if you start looking like you're defensively always explaining. I think part of the the huge reason Lost uh, was ended so poorly with a lot of fans is because Lindelof and Q's were so interactive with the audience. Now, they were just figuring that. I mean, that, that was really the first Internet show uh, to do that. And so here they are interacting with fan theories and, you know, fan, all those kind of things. And I think it's it's going to be an education process for creators to figure out how do we interact with the fans that love us? How do we interact with the fans that hate us? Uh, you know, how do we do this? And some creators are going to be silent. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. work speaks for itself and others are going to enjoy engaging in the conversation. So it's interesting, too, uh, with what this movie made, considering The Force Awakens nearly made a billion domestically by itself. Um, and this movie has made six hundred and eleven million, which is outstanding. Oh, obviously. yeah. It was never going to make Force Awakens money. But it did fall short by three hundred million dollars domestically. Yeah, uh, it's it is right to ask: Did they leave money on the table going this going this route? Even though it's an unbelievable amount of money. Yeah. Um, now I'm still of the mind. This is one of the few I saw twice in theaters and everything. I'm still of the mind that I really love this movie and everything, and I feel like it deserves like pretty good study and and how he did it and everything i understand why people don't like it either and you're right jeremy i think some people i mean he probably should just let it go at this point yeah and just say all right well i can't i can't convert everybody and just move on yeah i mean at some point i mean we could do that i could i could spend my entire day on twitter (laughs) telling people why they're wrong about this one sin they're nitpicking me on and i would never have time to do anything else yeah. and ryan johnson has three more star wars movies to make so go go make them <laughs> <laughs> and let, let us discuss this i don't i don't just don't think he does himself the movie or his future movies any good at this Could be. point Could be. have we heard anything about disney wavering on that no all? i have not no, no there hasn't been any yeah any I, I, hope, I hope not too. they I had to know to make this the departures he'd made in this movie when they decided to have him yeah. run the next three, uh, they they had to have already been happy with what he had done. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they kicked Colin Trevorrow off like halfway through yeah, production yeah. of the film or whatever. Uh, and now they're giving him three movies. Uh, <laughs> they've never given anybody three movies. Uh, so, obviously, they like what he's doing. They like the idea he has. And he's going to go off somewhere else in the galaxy and tell yeah, the Yeah, that stories. whole trilogy is a departure. So yeah, he's actually could, probably perfect And it could be it. completely different. And again, I think a lot of the problems people have with this movie is that it does tie so heavily to the characters and the events from the, the other movies that we know. And, and so when the departures in star wars type stuff happen it feels more of a departure it feels more transgressive yeah Yeah. it does it does whereas if he had made a movie about a jedi you never heard of 300 light years away Mm. and some other system and had that guy force project himself to another planet to fight i don't think anyone would have batted an eye that is my biggest dream for that trilogy is that it doesn't wink at the audience once that it's its own complete thing. It's going to. I I know it will. Rogue but that's One my... put those two motherfuckers from Moss Eisley in there. <laughs> yep. 
They can't stop I said winking. it was my dream. Okay. That's all I said. Okay. Well, then I appreciate your dream. I support it. By the way, there was one uh, uh, comic book movie we didn't discuss, and that's the Lego Batman movie. Oh, there yeah. you great, go. and yeah. somehow not Oscar nominated. It's yeah, Boss Baby is though crazy. Yeah, <laughs> good for Boss Baby. Yes. Yeah, good and for Alec Ferdinand's Baldwin. not awful, but I mean, Lego Batman was better than Ferdinand too. Yeah, Lego Batman is great. We have we have elevated it in our esteem ever since we sort of made Twitter friends with Chris McKay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you two, of course, and IRL met him. friends. Yeah, you guys met him in real life. Yeah. Took a picture. Um, but a great movie, and what I, I find myself going back to it. Um, in part because it's one of those movies that's so packed with jokes. You can yeah. watch for 10 minutes, laugh a lot, and then move on to something else. And you can pick almost any 10 minutes of the movie. It doesn't yeah. really matter where it is in the movie. I, I can flip over there and know I'm going to chuckle for a little bit. Um, and it's great. And I don't know how it didn't get nominated. It's layered. It's got jokes on jokes. It does. That- and it's probably the most Batman-aware yes. of any Batman movie oh, ever. Definitely. In terms of all the history and lore. Um, and you can talk about winks. I mean, if you've been reading Batman for 40 years, you watch Lego Batman, you probably jizz in your pants every <laughs> five minutes. I remember I remember where I was when I found out Condiment King was an actual villain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's how impactful well, that was Well, I on me. the podcast. He was fake, and somebody had to correct me on, uh, on SoundCloud. Yeah. Oh, that was a real when, villain. When we, when we were going through the uh, sins of that, I went to every single villain that they mentioned, and they all had their special wiki. Yeah. made for them or whatever yeah. like they all were they, this was introduced in 1987 you're like holy shit <laughs> i really did their research on this <laughs> yep um but uh you know it, it was just gonna be fodder for coco anyway right <laughs> right coco's winning coco is winning i haven't um, seen it still the only way coco doesn't win is if the breadwinner picks up you know some steam i don't think loving vincent is going to win uh it's a very creative movie but no i, th- I think it's coco's award uh, to win or lose so yeah and you you love coco right uh yeah yeah i do um i think coco is pixar at their best uh it is it is so crazy how they put you in an environment uh you know like that and just make you understand a culture you didn't understand going in and then also make you laugh make you care about these characters engage you in the story uh you know they're just so fun so clever and uh coco is uh, coco is wonderful yeah, yeah, I, really I still need it. to see it. I'm hoping to see it before the Oscars. Um, I, I guess we can talk uh, talk briefly about some very unusual movies I saw this year. Personal Shopper, which mm-hmm. I'm I I I'm still befuddled about. I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater. Jonathan loves that. movie. He does. He does. I um, don't get it. I watched it because his uh, his tweet, and I oh, was yeah. like, Jonathan. I, it's not bad. I don't know. I, I'm I'm befuddled by that. She's movie. great in you it. You just watch it for Kristen Stewart, right? Yeah, she's the <laughs> she's the bee's knees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's got a lot of it's just got a lot of stuff in it where you're like, yeah, I'm gonna have to watch this probably ten times, and I'm not sure if it's interesting enough to watch that. <laughs> that's the thing, yeah, isn't it? It's yeah, just, it, it doesn't. There's something about it that's not engaging in a way a lot of the other movies are. I mm-hmm. I get you know the quote-unquote genius of it but it's just it didn't doesn't hold you in the same way it's also a lot of phone calls in that movie mm-hmm. a lot of phone conversations is that is that a downer for you i mean Locke is you know one big phone conversation <laughs> and you love that movie so. i do but i just feel like there's a lot of people talking on the phone yeah i think the, i think you're right i and, think there is and i don't i don't like that yeah <laughs> um uh, then there's a, a ghost story, which is also another really unusual type of very slow, 
not exactly a horror movie um but it is about a ghost and mm. uh and it's and it's one of those movies that i don't think it's terribly hard to understand but it does give you like make you think about you know stuff like you know death and 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 in this world there's a lot of um there's there's stuff they don't ever quite explain mm-hmm. in it and everything and you're just kind of like oh well i guess that's possible <laughs> you know and uh and stuff like that because there's it goes through basically like not only just the ghost part but it it's it suggests time travel at one point and it's uh uh and then there's like the whole like there's a really interesting thing about what they need to do to leave this state that they're in mm-hmm. and there's never really any kind of there's you that he does run into another ghost in this in this movie mm. and like you know there's this this idea like what is it they have to actually do while they're here and it has an ending that gave, that chilled me a little oh, bit. Oh yeah. Did it, you like it overall? I did. Would you say, I loved it. Yeah, I, did. I did not go into this expecting to love it. I thought it was brilliant. I I really liked it. It's slow as fuck, but it's it is one of those type movies that you're just constantly going to be going yeah, you're like, thinking the entire time. You're just looking at it, just going, this is a just a beautifully made movie. And the, the whole thing has got some weird aspect, too. Like, mm-hmm. it looks almost like 8mm or something like that, but or digital or shot on a phone or something. Yeah, there's something about it. Yeah, um, but uh, I would recommend it. I think Jonathan recommended that one as well when he came here um, to uh, to do the podcast. But that's a that, that was a really interesting one. Um, another one that I saw in the summer was Colossal, which I know Aaron mm. saw. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's um, one of my favorites. Yeah, um, Anne Hathaway. Um, uh, and I guess, can we, can we discuss? I guess we can. I, it's still a movie that few people have seen though very few people have seen yeah and it didn't pick up any awards momentum or any steam and you know kind of kind of critical pushes she can control a monster Mm -hmm. and that's all i'll (laughs) I'll say about it it's in the trailer (laughs) yeah she can control a monster but you don't know exactly why that is and everything and it tells that story really well i thought and like I, i really liked you guys review on sif pop about it because it made me think about it in a little bit of a different way it too. is it is one of three uh, there were three incredible metaphor movies this year uh, movies that just work on a, a whole different level if you think about them in different light um we are talking about one of them phantom thread mm-hmm. uh and we're talking about uh, colossal now and it's one of those movies where uh and it can mean different things to different people and that's the beauty of a good metaphor is it clicks into you and you personally and you can kind of see you know your own experiences within it you know for me it was a a movie about substance abuse and there are some really interesting things with drinking and bars and you know the the idea of you know when you're you're drunk you're controlling a monster that's destroying people and just Mm -hmm. you know this these beautiful metaphors about you know those kind of things uh for others it was about toxic masculinity there's Mm -hmm. there's real interesting metaphors there about you know uh, his character, Jason Sudeikis, yeah. who I thought was great in it. The most frightening Ooh. I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think he had that in him. Yeah, no, for real. So, uh, so yeah, I, I thought it was brilliantly done. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about movie here for a second. Yeah, baby. Let's spell it first so that nobody's out there, you know, trying to type in the dress. It's, it's M-U-B-I. Yeah, M-U-B-I, four letters. Um, you can watch this on, like, your laptop. You can watch it on uh, iPad. I got a Samsung television that I downloaded the app for. That's awesome. You can watch it on TV. Yeah, baby. And uh, what's cool about it is that it gets a lot of these movies that you may not have heard of or given a chance before but it also mixes in some stuff that you may have heard of but never got a chance to watch before like 
when we when we got onto our trial, uh, Living Ob- in Oblivion was on there. Yeah, it's still yeah. on there. Yeah, and Living in Oblivion is a great, oh great movie. Oh my god, it's it is one of the funniest movies I've ever ever seen. I've laughed out loud more in that movie than I have in ages yeah and uh and they do some really cool things too where they bring some directors to your attention that you may not have known maybe some classic directors that you did know but didn't get into any of the movies before like right now um and is a a federico fellini Mm -hmm. who they're doing they have knights of cabaria on there and they have another one of his movies um the white sheik yeah the white sheik they have that um so there's uh there's a there's they i like how they do that where it's like they're not just introducing you to a director and saying he's pretty good and then just giving you one movie they're right. giving you like sometimes three movies from these directors yeah and it's so easy i mean it's all curated so you've got 30 movies at a time uh each day uh one new one is added and one is removed basically mm-hmm. so you've got kind of this rolling list of fantastic cinema from all over the the country that you wouldn't be exposed to typically in like a regular streaming service or you know on cable or something like that so it's easy to just click on something see if you like it so far all four or five of my experiences i've i've been like uh, i don't know oh yeah i'm on board and then you know hour and a half later i'm like all right that was good yeah <laughs> go on to the next one well and it's not like a lot of streaming services in that like sheer volume of titles is not what they're going for yeah either. they're going the, the idea is if you consider yourself a cinephile, if you will, as the people that run the service do, um, they, they want to introduce you to great movies you haven't come across, whether mm-hmm. it's obscure, like Living in Oblivion, because other than the people in this room, I don't know if I know anyone who's ever seen them. <laughs> um, but they're also going to, like you said, the Fellini stuff, the classics, the a lot of stuff that today's film fans have yet to go back and check out right. uh, unless they've gone to film school or something. So the idea is, is to bring you this rotating selection of you know greatness yes and not like sheer volume where you know the transformers movies are never going to be on this service thank god maybe ironically maybe yeah. ironically <laughs> but uh the, the very first one that i uh came across when i uh, signed up for this was the charlie chaplin 1 a.m short oh nice and uh and you know chaplin has so many like movies even though i went to see this long marathon well not long marathon but like i went to see a lot of movies at the local Belcourt with chaplin's retrospective and everything i still haven't seen everything or whatever and and that's one of them that i had not seen and and uh and there's something very fun about watching a movie that is over a hundred years old oh yeah you know and 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 watching chaplin and you know like there's some Obviously, there's some like real antiquated stuff in there, but it's still fun. Yeah. It's still fun to watch. And just think about what you might have been like in 1909 or whenever the bucket <laughs> came out, you know? Yeah. Like, well, and the, the, the great thing is, is that it, the streaming quality is pristine. Mm-hmm. You're getting this, even if you're watching a movie from, you know, early in the last century, it's beautiful. It's yeah. it's clear. It's it's well worth your, your what time. What I like effort. is, this may be a weird thing to like, but the UI is just super clean, right? Mm-hmm. You're not dealing with... You're not going to log into Mubi and see a bunch of tiny little thumbnails. Right. They're huge. They tell you, like, if they're part of the director series, the title's right there, and you just scroll for a couple of seconds, and hey, you're at the end. Because, right. again, we've got 30 here. They want you to see something great you haven't ever seen or heard of before. Um, but it's a very clean interface, and that, that, 
that's important to me yeah, yeah and there's a and there's some good ratings on there too and i feel like i feel like you can trust these ratings more than you trust the ones on netflix right because people who get on movie are probably you know very discerning about they're the engaged movies. yeah yeah and uh, we've actually got a promo code for you guys to use and try it out for a full 30 days. Ah. We're not messing around here. It's not, not just like in a week theory, or something that's like that. 30 movies. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it you is. go to movie.com slash cinemasense. So M-U-B-I.com slash cinemasense. A full 30-day trial free. Make sure to go to that URL Click through and you won't be disappointed. I promise. All right, excellent. Yeah. Um. All right. So I want to talk about maybe a couple more big hits before we get into the like some of the Oscar stuff that we haven't gotten to. Uh, Murder on the Orient Express was mm-hmm. another movie that made a hundred million dollars. I was surprised that it that yeah. it made that much. I didn't think it was going to be a hit at all. Such an unnecessary. It looks movie. like it cost a hundred million dollars. Yeah, though. I it's bet fucking it did. gorgeous. Yeah, I bet beautiful. it did. It's uh, gorgeous. And it didn't get a cinematography Oscar nomination. I don't think. Well, I think yeah, I know that's weird, but it's so confined. Mm-hmm. Even though those shots are so sweeping and the the camera work is so nice that mm-hmm. as it goes through the the train, but it is a, a limited the canvas i guess yeah you know? uh but it's it's so gorgeous the performances are great what i still cast. don't know why yeah. it needs to be made though you know well they're gonna do a whole agatha christie i'm so happy and that might be it it might just be the gateway into yeah. doing that's an agatha her most famous yeah. story you, although you know it's her most famous but i don't think a lot of people know that story i i think that i that was new to most of the people who saw that movie with me Mm-hmm. They didn't know where it was going. They didn't mm-hmm. know what I, the big reveal was. Right, but arg- if you ask, what's what's an Agatha Christie story? Oh, that's Murder the on the, the one yeah, I could argue Ten Little Indians is on there, too. Yeah. Ten, um, I think you mean Ten Little Native Americans. In, indigenous <laughs> peoples. Well, at least I didn't call it what the original fucking title was, which I will... You can go research that yourself. I'll do it. <laughs> what year was it written? I don't know. Just look at look up the Wikipedia for Ten Little Indians and then figure out what the real... Like the, ten, the, ten Little Chief It's Wahoos, way worse. Ten Little Redskins. Way worse. <laughs> Barrett's looking it up right yes, now. Yeah, you know, you can go ahead and look that up because, uh, yeah. Is it a word we can't say? It is a word we cannot say. So is it, um, is it the N-word? It is. Um, oh, my God. Uh, Did you know that? I had no clue. Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. I don't. When I, did they change it? Uh, 1869. I, that's when they changed uh, is, it. No, is when it was coined, and then it was changed. Like I don't remember when that that term became. <laughs> you know, horrifying. how long did it last before? It's incredible how that term and how racist so many things from that era were. You know, you think of kids poems and you know yeah. catch a tiger by his tail was not originally tiger. Yeah, you know, just it, it it's just mind blowing to think how cruel we were and as a you know species. and i and i'm 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 sure in this in this context it was it was not agatha christie being like knowingly racist or whatever you want to call it well no the <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah the the it was the song in 1869 yeah okay yeah. Anyway. um anyway <laughs> just be glad i didn't say that um we are chris we are glad you didn't say that because <laughs> I, I couldn't think of like a slur for native well, americans you would that, never leap to that <laughs> no, right? yeah. i thought i thought we were staying in the, um, in the native ballpark uh okay so i will say i loved murder on the orient express i thought it was it's a fabulous. really good movie I yeah say Barrett really liked it too. i, I, I mm-hmm. liked it i i this is one of those rare uh movies where i've read the book and the book like i don't remember much about the book so like 
I don't remember that being the way he solved the crime in in the in what, how they do it in the movie. I'm sure it is. Yeah. But I I don't know. Find that dissatisfying that he knows all this stuff at the top of his head. Like, oh, you're that person who was on this magazine cover. Who yeah. was, you know, it's it's like I, I understand he's awesome, but to know everything about everybody in this situation, I don't know. You yeah. know, it's not like he's going to Google or whatever. <laughs> I guess he was Google back yeah, then. That's right. Um, what then, a great character too. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, I'm so glad they're making more of those just to see kenneth branagh didn't do she that have another one though too another detective they weren't all poro were they uh, i don't know no uh, i am not miss marple i'm not an agatha head um that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. actually kind of surprising considering how much you love hitchcock i you know i just never got into it yeah no totally in sherlock and yeah yeah but i just i never got it, it didn't end with an yeah. for whatever so. reason we were reading those mm-hmm. as kids i read 10 little indians mm-hmm. i didn't good. read the racist version. right right <laughs> that's good to know yeah yeah i mean it was the same story but it was just titled something different. <laughs> yeah because the story's not actually about indians no but that was uh that was that's that's probably my favorite book of hers because it's so uh it's so ingeniously like you know that's that's one of those great like reveals yeah too. yeah um uh, another big movie that we haven't touched on and it's the biggest movie of september ever it's it yeah it. um and uh we knew way back in i believe january of last year that that was had a really good chance of being a huge movie because they came out with all the like pictures and maybe the first trailer came out in january uh, um, I think just the still of Pennywise. That still of Pennywise was highly circulated. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had talked to Aaron Sims, too, mm-hmm. just before that, uh, and like a few months earlier mm-hmm. than that. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's just, it was awesome to see all of that. After talking to him, yeah. and after that got released, and then the trailer became one of the most watched trailers of all time, uh, it was really exciting to see how that built momentum and became a movie. September is usually a garbage dump, mm-hmm. but they found finally these studios are discovering that there's an exploitation in January and se- September that they, they hadn't used before. Like you can, if it's good, people will go and watch it. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter when it comes out anymore. Yeah. You may have better like positioning around the holidays or in the summer or whatever, but this pretty much proves three hundred something million dollars for this yeah. movie. And I have to say, Movie Pass is changing the game. Mm. Uh, the idea that however many million people have Movie Pass now, they release the recent numbers, and they can go see a movie anytime they want. People are going to see a for movie f- every weekend. For now, is fine. For now, works. It's right? not sustainable. I, you know what? I, I agree. I cannot see how it's sustainable. However. Twitter is not sustainable. YouTube is not sustainable. Like the the money they're putting into it. I think YouTube makes money now, but you're right. Twitter does not. But 10 years ago, YouTube was not sustainable. No. And giving people free space to upload whatever video. I'm just Mm. saying. Even Elon Musk and SpaceX and Uber are bleeding money right right, now. Their profits are far in the future. Mm. Um, So I get what you're saying. I just it's not a sustainable model because, well, like theaters are not going to let them do it for too much longer once they get to where they can make money the the, the theaters are going to be losing money and they're it, going to it's interesting stop I mean, accepting we, it movie pass may become the netflix of actually going to movies uh which, yeah. which would be a very interesting world well they're looking in. at getting into creating like buying their own mm-hmm. films at festivals to, yeah to mm. be a distributor themselves i just bring it up to say even more it doesn't matter when a movie comes out yeah. in a world where there are so many people that can go see 
every single movie they don't want to. They don't have to even rely on critics as much. They don't have to. They can just go try it. Doesn't cost them anything. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's yeah, it's a different world. I am I am concerned. One of the the because it's awesome, but it the movie is awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Who's on first? But every time they do a remake and it's great, it just gives them more excuses to do more remakes. Yeah, yeah. And between now, Stranger Things is great. It was great. But now we're going to get 15 other 80s nostalgia horror things over the next 16 months. Mm-hmm. Shows, movies, what have you. They're not all going to be that great. No. Yeah. No, I yeah, agree. Right. <laughs> and, and every day they announce another remake of some other bullshit. Yeah. Magnum P.I. Yeah. yeah. Magnum P.I. <laughs> but yeah, man, it hit everything for me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's scary and it's hilarious mm-hmm. and it's coming of age. And there was one thing that we noticed on the, the Sins video that we just did. Of in the library when when Ben is doing the research and everything about Derry and the the backstory, there's a shot completely innocuous shot that I missed when we saw it the first time of an old lady just staring at Ben. Yeah, which is is it mm-hmm. that turns into the balloon. But that was the most chilling scene. Yeah, it, it literally I, I had to pause and I was like, oh god, yeah. <laughs> It killed me, man. Oh, yeah. it's good. It's oh, a yeah. really and good it, film. It's daytime scary. Yeah. Which is such an accomplishment. It's mm-hmm. a movie that is not afraid to be out in the light and still scare you. We're so used to, you know, and there are a few jump scares in it. It, it does, yeah. res, you know, go to that a couple times. But it, it doesn't do the whole suspense building like every horror movie has done forever in the darkness, in the shadows, sneaking. It's just like it's there and mm-hmm. you see it in its full horror. Uh, that's you know yeah that scene in the backyard of the house where he's got the millions of balloons right there. yeah and it just mm-hmm. it, it floats up and then he does the smile <laughs> and he's so incredible yeah man yeah that performance is insane love me some scars guard yeah. okay so we also had um oh jumanji welcome to the jungle oh. it's another uh, that's the maybe perhaps the biggest surprise hit of 2017 i didn't think that that had any chance whatsoever especially after um baywatch yeah yeah and baywatch is definitely one of the worst movies of the year um but uh this jumanji welcome to the jungle um i i'm surprised at how fun it was mm-hmm. and everything i'm i'm surprised it's made over 300 million dollars <laughs> but still i mean uh, now we're gonna here's here's the thing here's the rub we're gonna start seeing tons of jumanji movies now well and they're gonna it's it's just another instance where they're gonna say well that reboot yeah, worked. Yeah. let's try another one All let's right. pull out let's remake mouse hunt <laughs> speaking of remakes the second biggest movie of the year beauty yeah, and the beast yeah which i still haven't seen uh there's no reason you've seen it no yeah yeah you this just is, saw it as a cartoon right. yeah no i mean this is actually a pretty beautiful movie i don't care um, it's it's again much like murder on the Orient express i think it's completely unnecessary uh there's no point to it i didn't enjoy it nearly as much as the the first one so but hey it's just now here like the disney remakes are i think the most offensive because they're just going through the motions at least at this point with cinderella it was that way with beauty and the beast it was that way they just wrapped shooting i can't i'm sorry i can't help but respond i totally disagree with what you're saying but go ahead finish up and then i'll respond (laughs) I've lost my enthusiasm <laughs> to continue. Uh, they just wrapped the Lion King live action remake. How do you disagree? What's different about Beauty and the Beast? Uh, the Beauty and the Beast themes are completely different in this movie. Uh, I, I, and, and you also mentioned Cinderella. Cin- the Cinderella story is so different in that Cinderella movie. It gives her more agency than she's ever had in that story. And she chooses at the, at the end 
to go with him after deciding she's okay, even if she isn't with him. And there's there's a really beautiful moment in the attic towards the end of the Cinderella, Cinderella remake that says something new about that story. And I think Beauty and the Beast goes there by tying the backstories, these created backstories they have for these characters together. For both Beauty and the Beast, they have these, these similar backstories that I think gives their love more meaning than it actually had in the original. She's still um, she's still captive, right? Yes. No. <laughs> those problems are all still there. That's, okay. I just I mean, okay. I will. I want to give you points for spotting something new in both of those. That's still completely unnecessary. They're just sure. cash grabs. From a creative standpoint, you've got Beauty and the Beast and Beauty and the Beast on your Blu-ray wall, and you're gonna pick one to show your family. Yeah. What are you gonna pick? Uh, I pick the original. Yeah. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. There's not. But I'd enough. also put in the other one later. Why? Because there's uh, there's other things in it that I enjoy. Yeah, but like, all the songs like are maybe five percent more. I see what you're saying, but it, it's not reinventing the wheel. No, it, no, it no, actually of loses a little bit of texture by making it three dimensional. Now that's true. I totally agree with that. Yeah, which should be the opposite. But right. so I don't know. It is beautiful. It is well shot. It's what it's built. Beautiful. It's beastful. Um, it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, completely unnecessary. Yeah, like all of them yep. that they're doing. All of them. And Man, I know, people are excited for The Lion King, though. I know, because they like that goddamn Jungle Book movie that you like. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, another another hit we didn't talk about was War for the Planet of the Apes, um, mm-hmm. which is another, another one that uh, I think uh, might even get some consideration in this room. I really like it. It's It grows on me. I've seen it three times now in theaters when we send it, and then once for pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, it, mm. not that kind of <laughs> for my pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to identify the scene and I'm not finding it. There's an episode of Friends where Monica flies across the country to surprise Chandler and walks into his hotel and he's masturbating, <laughs> but he manages to flip the channel before she gets all the way in there and sees and he gets his pants up. And so he goes in the other room to tidy up and she's sees what's on the TV and it's like Shark Week. <laughs> and so the whole episode she believes that her husband is basically turned on by violent sharks ah. <laughs> and then she accepts it i'm gonna accept my husband's kink and so she sits down with them they have this romantic night and then she puts in this videotape of sharks <laughs> swimming around and chandler's like what she's like is this not the right part is this not the good part anyway um glad we got a friends reference and a lost reference of course. <laughs> and a seinfeld reference so we're we're on point today what were we talking about <laughs> oh war for the planet of the apes it's good. It is good. It is <laughs> it's, good. Uh, I do believe it's probably the most flawed of the three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it does. And the, and the most ambitious. It which is. there's something to say for as well. I agree. Um, and it does, I think, too often end up feeling like an amalgamation of about 12 other movies. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, that came before it. Um, and some of that's just, you know the way the story ended up working out it was going to feel like a war movie at times it was going to feel like you know what have you but andy circus is so good um if you can make me care about a cg ape and his feelings and think about what's going on in his head uh you're, you're doing for three movies yeah for three was, movies. was this a big hit it yeah, a- yeah it was decent enough nice um so uh, I, I mean, we can start because I think that the Oscar movies uh, we don't have to go too in depth about all of them, but we'll, I'll, we'll see where they go. Uh, but I'll just start naming them off. Lady Bird, I know that's a, that's a big one. Lady Bird surprised me with how much I loved it. In fact, when I was walking out of the theater, I was thinking, 
even after I saw Get Out and It and and all these great superhero movies, I was like, that's the my favorite movie of the year, mm-hmm. which is surprising because it's a really uh, tight movie. It yeah. takes place in Sacramento. There's not a lot of movement. There's character development. Um, yeah, I, but it it just it hit me. There's yeah. a there's an authenticity to that movie that is rarefied air in that in that. I mean, you can tell Greta Gerwig, who first time director, mm-hmm. you know, put it together. I, you can tell she lived so much of this. It just feels so real in that space. Feels real in that time. Uh, feels like real people. Saoirse Ronan mm-hmm. is blowing my mind. She's How so does she good. do? How does I, she do such a perfect American accent? I have man. no idea. Like mm. you watch her in Brooklyn, yeah, and then you watch her in this, and I just I cannot wait to see what she does with her career. She's she still is so, so young, good, yeah, and and has done has turned in so many good performances, uh, different characters. She's yeah. not a one note actor. Although before you got here, we were watching Almost Famous. Chris and I were talking about um, Cameron Crowe and how and where and why did he fall off? And Chris, you know, was pointing out, well, you know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, he went undercover. Like he lived there. right, and almost famous is almost autobiographical yep. to him, and and so there is something there I think to be said for when a director or even a writer, somebody who is guiding a movie, has actually lived what the movie is about. Yeah, that- you're almost talking about like what musical artists call the second album effect, whereas you have so much time to get that first album right. Mm-hmm. And then you're expected to deliver that second album so quickly. And I think, yeah, with Crow and, and now with Gerwig, they've had their whole lives to really ponder this and, yeah. and get it right. And so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting, you know, to kind of see what they, they do next. And the same sort of effect happens with The Big Sick as well, which yeah, is also absolutely. autobiographical and, and, and turns out extremely uh, good as well. Yeah. Uh, an, another movie that's, uh, you know, it's it's got just the right amount of balance of funny and drama in it and everything. And, and, uh, it was good to see Kumail Nanjiani, uh, in this kind of a role. I, I mean, he, I had seen him in Silicon Valley, so I wasn't really expecting much from him in, in a sort of a dramatic role and everything. It's more drama than comedy. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, this is a movie that, uh, I, I sort of dismissed when it came out in the summer, um i was like okay yeah yeah that's good i'll catch it sometime and then i was when i finally watched it i was like what have i been waiting for this yeah, is really yeah. really good and uh, like i said a, a few episodes ago like once ray romano and holly hunter show up man this movie takes off to a different level mm-hmm. especially in the comedy club it's such a weird confluence of events how they hate each other essentially her parents and him when they first meet and then Suddenly they're staying with him, and suddenly they go to his comedy show, and it takes off in a total different direction that changes yeah. the entire dynamic the rest of the movie. They are incredible. Holly Hunter is getting a lot of attention, deservedly so. Ray Romano uh, is spectacular. When I watched this movie, I went and watched some of uh, Ray Romano's more recent stand-up. Mm-hmm. Dude is great. Yeah. He is oh, yeah. so funny. Uh, and I, I just I, I really enjoyed it. It has the best joke of 2017 when they're sitting at the table and Nanjiani's like, we lost nine of our best guys that day. (laughs) Best joke in movies this year. Uh, It's just so good. Yeah. Yeah, um, And uh, I really like uh, Zoe Kazan in this too. Like even though she's, most of the movie she's confined to a bed, (laughs) all the stuff that is around that, she's just just wonderful like just uh uh-huh. just like you just feel for her the whole time because he is treating her bad you know it's like yeah. uh, 
you know, it's just uh, make a decision, man. Just uh, have the sack to go and say, you know, this is my girl, you know? Yeah, and when she wakes up, I, I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that she wakes up. Because right. It's based on. <laughs> she <Yeah>. wakes up? <laughs> it's a remake she, of While You Were Sleeping. It's, uh, you know, it's okay. a perfect encapsulation because it is reality. It's the perfect reaction that she would have in mm-hmm. that situation like what the fuck man i didn't experience this yeah you went through all this stuff but you're still an asshole mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah no that's awesome yeah um then uh, we have uh steven spielberg's the post Ooh. um did you guys see it i i have seen it um what you think i i really really liked it that's yeah, great um it's a great companion piece to all the president's men um it's got it's got tom hanks playing ben bradley whereas jason robards played him in all the president's men and everything but it's sort of that setup to the washington post becoming this kind of power paper to be able to report on something like watergate or whatever but uh that this is a part of history i was not familiar with the pentagon papers mm. i had never i'd always heard about the pentagon papers but i never like looked into it or anything mm. or, like what it was really about and uh and it was really interesting i was like oh my god i didn't know like it went that deep it's all about vietnam it's all about how we justified going to vietnam for years yeah, yeah. and, and stayed years in there, yeah. and um and so like uh I, I i had no idea it was about that but uh uh really like it uh i don't i'm 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 still on the fence about meryl streep getting yet another nomination i think she's good in it she definitely deserves it more than she did for floris foster jenkins well yeah and all this other you know that's the thing i was talking to somebody about this it feels like the boy who cried wolf type of thing where sure. when she gets nominated for something she shouldn't like music of the heart or august osage county or all that type of you know those right, type exactly. of exactly when she gets nominated for stuff like that and then she gets nominated for this you it, it's easy for me to sort of downgrade exactly. it in my mind yep now she's good in it i would i think i've seen better performances from lead actresses this year uh one of them is carrie mulligan and mudbound i think that one is hands down better than than meryl streep's i could probably go through several others in in that like katherine keener and get out even a lot like, of people are talking about vicky uh vicky kripes from phantom thread yeah no, being yeah. nominated no in that kidding. category yeah kripes. right <laughs> but she never gets teased well i don't even know that that's the accurate pronunciation it may be crepes or <laughs> oh was even worse. Right. she holds her own against daniel davis yes. and especially in those those dinner scenes mm-hmm. both of the food scenes really that that show up in this oh she's, oh, she's that whole movie is chilling. is a food metaphor it's incredible mm. i love the food scenes the food scenes are almost as porny as the costume dresses scenes well in the way the <laughs> the way they the way they relate porny. to the relationship you know the way that the first meal is so luscious and beautiful <laughs> and has everything and then the 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 menu changes throughout the, the movie to represent their relationship it's mm-hmm. it's brilliant stuff um so yeah the post is very good and uh it's uh it's definitely worth watching um like i think it deserves uh, you know some some uh well some just credibility. for the cast alone yeah you yeah. want to run through this i mean it's top heavy with Marilyn tom right right you got allison brie mm-hmm. sarah paulson mm-hmm. bob odenkirk yeah carrie coon uh then you've got bradley whitford mm-hmm. um matthew race from uh the americans yeah uh jesse plemons mm-hmm. tracy letts David Cross, yeah. Bruce Greenwood. We still haven't gotten to Michael Stuhlbarg. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just 
every black Bruce, guy is in this movie. Does Bruce Greenwood play the president? <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. He plays uh, he plays uh, Robert McNamara. But it's funny. I, I as soon as I saw him, I was like, this motherfucker is playing the president again. <laughs> He is always the goddamn president. Uh, but no, he's Robert McNamara in this, you know, so a little bit different, a little bit different. Uh, but no, um, yeah, I, I, I'm a sucker for these type of movies. I'm a sucker for like political intrigue and all that. That's why I love all the president's men so much and everything. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is a good companion piece. I mean, you mentioned Bob Odenkirk and David Cross, by the way, doing a Mr. Show That's right. uh, reunion there. Uh, another movie that came out, Molly's Game, which I don't... Uh, Jessica Chastain's another one that could have probably been nominated over Meryl Streep. But uh, uh, but Molly's Game, another great one from Sorkin. And, and this time he gets to direct it and everything. I really, really like this movie, too. Another good one. Another debut, right? Another, di- another directorial, directorial debut. Let me ask you a question. The other one was... Before your question, the other directorial debut that we probably wouldn't talk about otherwise was Andy Serkis uh, oh, with yeah. Breathe, which I don't know if anybody saw, but it. mm. it's decent. It's really good. I think he, I think he's going to be a great director. By the way, he's still moving ahead with his Mowgli story. Of course he is. <laughs> he's passionate about it. He's a creator and he's passionate about something. I'm just saying. I know. I get it. Yeah. Okay, so my question is this. Did I, I have not seen Molly's Game. Did you see any? Did you see anything in the film and the way it was shot or staged that made you think maybe Fincher gave him some tips since they worked together so often. Or I don't know. I've always felt like Fincher. Sorkin is the star of all the movies that he writes. So whoever directs this movie is going to direct it like Sorkin did. Okay. I feel like I like, I don't even, I don't even really, I mean, the social network is probably the closest that I would give the director the credit on, on one of his screenplays. Hmm. Uh, like Steve Jobs, that's a Sorkin movie. I don't care Danny Boyle was, and I love Danny Boyle, yeah. but uh, you you don't think of his name during that movie. No, um, but I always feel like he's the star of pretty much everything that he writes. So like even a few good men, I don't really, you know, you could Rob Reiner was definitely on a roll back then, but it's still Sorkin all the way through and through. I feel like the one difference I would say is with him directing, I feel like maybe those other directors pull the reins Mm -hmm. on his dialogue a little bit because this movie was at least half narration. Oh wow! Like it, it like he yeah. loves his words. Yeah, he does. And so you know, a lot and, of this movie and was that, narration, and that actually is somewhat annoying at the very beginning when she's on the ski, the the ski mm-hmm. lift or the, yeah. the hill, and she's about to do her thing, and it goes through all this, you know, like all these like different scenarios and statistics and yeah. and stuff like that. And, and I like, think another director reigns that in yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but I, I love Molly's Game. That's a it's a good another a good biopic type movie or whatever. Yeah, it was good um call me by your name which is what mm-hmm. uh barrett and i saw just yesterday did you go it? for a bike ride afterwards yes like we, went on, we went to a bike ride yeah, okay, afterwards. Nice. <laughs> that <was> amazing. <laughs> um but uh you know what i had a, i had a uh, stealing beauty vibe during this very much very the, much the italian countryside everybody's kind of like doing their own thing they're, they're encouraging this- the loss of virginity yes. and stuff like that you know, I was telling Chris after we saw this, it's a beautiful movie and I liked it a lot, but it really um, slams on the break in the second half or oh. the third act. Maybe I agree. Yeah, I totally yeah, agree yeah. because it's it's what you want to see in a love story is you want to see the build up, you want to see the the connection building, and you do see that for for a good chunk of this movie, and then once they do get together, it's like all right, okay, 
let's is there anything else that this story has to say um but yeah i mean i, I just wish that there would be you know more of the first two thirds and then less of that last third but as Chris mentioned, like you got to have that Michael Stuhlbarg uh, speech at the end, which is uh, incredible. Which is yeah, yeah it's amazing. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a great movie. Um, I just great think finish. That, yeah. One of the best movie finishes of the year, in in my opinion. All right, okay. So two movies this year uh, involve fruit fucking. And, and this is one of them. Hey, that's correct. The there way was, you said that sounded like that's what I was talking about. That's, <laughs> that's not, a completely it's different the, thought. It's not the finish that uh, I meant. There, there's a moment in here where I'm like. And it happened three times this this year uh, when Tiffany Haddish uh, yep. did the oral sex on the uh, the grapefruit in yep. Girls Trip, and then there was a moment where he was holding the peach in Call Me by Your Name, and I'm like, he's gonna fuck that peach, mm-hmm. and he fucks that oh, peach. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but in The Shape of Water, there was a moment where I was like, oh man, she's gonna fuck that fish. <laughs> <laughs> And she yep. does. And she does. Yep. Multiple times. Uh we could also we could also talk a little bit about Girls Trip too. Um yeah. uh, I don't did Havish didn't get nominated, did she? I no, she didn't get a nomination mm. from the Oscar. And now that's now this wouldn't have been lead actress anyway, but I don't would have been supporting. Yeah, it would have been in a supporting category, but I feel like that's one of the best of the year. Yeah. She's the only reason to watch Girls Trip. Oh my god, she is so fun. She's got one of which I can't say the line, but she's got one of the funniest mm. lines of the entire year yeah uh, she's probably got several of them in that in that movie yeah uh but that was a surprise hit too i, I remember this looked like the summer where dueling uh women party movies were gonna you know coming out like you <laughs> oh, had yeah, rough night yeah, rough night yeah, one coming was out. much better than oh, the other oh my god yeah, rough night coming out you had girls trip and and the, it was funny like was watching rough night i was like yeah there's a couple funny things in that but that girls trip with haddish and everything uh-huh they they featured her pretty well in that and i was like god this might be really funny and it turns out that's what everybody kind of thought girls trip went on to make over 100 million dollars whereas rough night did nothing yeah had a rough time yeah (laughs) i was telling uh chris when we went to la that the year before when i went to la we actually went and saw the taping live taping of her uh, showtime special tiffany haddish's uh, showtime special before she had kind of blown up in her i didn't even know who she was and you could just tell she has this strength and confidence and energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even though not everything is obviously directed at me, you know, we, we live in very different worlds, mm-hmm. obviously. But, you know, you can tell when somebody's really got, you know, that kind of thing, that it, whatever it is. And uh, so it, it wasn't a surprise to me when she blew up in Girls Trip. It is a movie that definitely benefits from low expectations. I think it's mm-hmm. one of those movies that is a hit. Because nobody really went to it thinking it was going to be amazing. Yeah. And yet it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Girls Trip 2 coming in a year and a half. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, for sure. And, and, and just like we said in the Sims video, probably <laughs> Girls Trip Christmas. Yep. Um, <laughs> That's right. Uh, then uh, there's All the Money in the World, another interesting one, because Christopher Plummer is nominated for a role that Kevin Spacey originally was in. It's insane. I watched this movie going... I cannot think of Kevin Spacey in this role. Right? I can't. I don't. I don't understand it. the The dialogue, the situations, the age of the character. Even if they had put makeup on Kevin Spacey to be older, I don't think I could have. Uh, I don't see it. It's a t- completely different movie if Spacey's in. Mm-hmm. And Plummer is so good that you know, like Spacey's when you know Spacey's good too, but it's just. I don't think he's got the kind of the weighted plumber. Spacey's got his own thing that he has yeah. been doing. Probably won't be allowed to do again. But 
Plummer has got this, you know, this, I don't know. It's just, he is that guy. Yeah, you could totally see it. Yeah. And uh, I, Spacey would have made that a little bit more, I guess, comical probably, or a little bit, uh, I don't see it. I just don't see it. I didn't understand. That's interesting. An interesting thing. You know, we talk about Daniel Day-Lewis taking years to prepare, you know, for his roles and getting character. And Christopher Plummer's like, here, hold my beer. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. It takes yeah. me five hours. I'll right. be a character and we'll shoot, shoot for three weeks and, and I'll Mark get a Wahlberg nomination. Mark Wahlberg is like, here, hold <laughs> my <laughs> $1.5 million yeah. for these reshoots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, he, he gave that back to charity, Jeremy. He's a good guy. <laughs> he gave it back to charity after he was the, called out for it. That's what I was I know. I know. So how do you I'm telling the listener, and I know you know. <laughs> um, uh, then, okay, so the, the movie that has the best chance of winning the Oscars, The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. That's gonna. That's the. That's best picture and best director for Guillermo del Toro. I am. I am. Uh, I still like this movie. I think it is unfair sometimes when we say it didn't meet the expectations that we thought it would. Right. Uh, it is unfair to say that. Um, but uh, still, that being said, if I wish I had not heard a lot of hype of this for this yeah. movie going in because. Because you do tend to expect more and everything, I I really like this movie. I could I could even I border on loving this yep. movie. I just still think that it's it's not quite up to being the best of the year for me. I agree. I I did not see it knowing that there that it had you know when I saw it there wasn't all this buzz. I had the exact same reaction as you. Mm-hmm. I really I really do wish there was somebody in the room who like loved it loved it. Uh, because I know there's a defense for it. And, and again, none of us are saying, well, neither of us are saying it's a bad movie. You know, Barrett, mm-hmm. you haven't weighed in. But uh, in fact, I'm on the verge of that liked it, loved it, you know, line two. But I, I also look at it and go, ah, there's, you know, I, there are at least for me 20 movies this year that I that I liked more, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, so I don't know why this is such a favorite. I think I have a theory. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not going to make me look good. OK. It's like one of these. Isn't it kind of like one of these? We've liked Guillermo for so long now, but he just hasn't put out a movie that puts it all together yet. Sure, and yeah. this is the closest. Like behind the scenes, maybe Guillermo del Toro is just like he's the a, most awesome. He dude. is no <laughs> like being in the same room with him yeah. across the way. He was sitting, you know, just right across the the aisle way from us at the awards. He was like rooting and cheering every when Get Out uh, beat them in best what horror movie? Sci fi. Yeah, best sci fi horror movie. Uh, he was up on his feet, you know, Ooh. yelling for Jordan yeah, Peele. That was really and like, great. He, he is a cool dude. Because up until now, do you think any of his movies for you have put it all together? I know you've well, mentioned before Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth. Labyrinth is definitely the closest that could have gotten to that point. Now, Pan's Labyrinth may have actually been underrepresented in the Oscars considering the critical acclaim it had. Yeah. Like that had nearly a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. when it came out, and it like it got maybe like a cinematography or an editing. Which one, or which one again? Pan's Labyrinth. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, don't I don't think it, it was definitely not in the best picture race. Yeah. I don't think I um, need to rewatch that again with my like current. You know how like your your brain just changes the more you watch film, and I think when I what year was that? Was like two thousand six, I think. Yeah, I mean this that's you know twelve years ago. I was just a different person then. I I just remember being like. Eh, you know, Pan's Labyrinth. It actually won three Oscars. It won for cinematography, it won for art direction, and it won for makeup. It got nominated for screenplay, music, and foreign language film. It got nominated. So it got a bunch of noms. So it did get, it yeah. did, but it, for, from what it, it was when it came out, it felt like this was something that could clean up at awards or whatever. And, and it, it you know, six nominations, nothing to sneeze at, and it won three, but, you know, it still felt like it was going to be more than that. And I'm surprised it didn't win best 
a foreign language film considering I mean, it was like 99 percent or something when that came hmm. yeah and it was uh, more niche certainly than shape of water is which is weird to say that yeah. about a movie that features fish fucking but right the uh i you know i think what some of this is is that all the performances individually are unbelievable like sally hawkins Octavia richard Spencer, jenkins man yeah. richard jenkins michael shannon michael stuhlbarg Again. All these guys again. Yeah, he's in three of the the Oscar nominees. Yeah. Timothy Chalamet's doing work too. He was in both uh, yeah, Lady in, Bird mm, and uh, Call um, Me by Your Name. Yeah. No, I, I still. All of those performances are riveting, and all are deserving of praise. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but I think I think Jeremy's right. I think that there is a point where this guy is beloved, and it's time to show him our admiration and. This is the movie that he finally made that we can, you know, you know, he's made all this stuff like Pacific Rim and yeah. all that. Finally, he's made something that we can really get on board with and everything. And it'll be the uh, it'll be the seal of the deal for the uh, the three amigos. It'll, they'll all have won Oscars if he wins. That would be awesome. It I would be on awesome. board with that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it certainly has the momentum. Uh, I don't think it's as much of a done deal as everybody thinks it is. I think this late surge from Phantom Thread could be very interesting. Mm. I'm calling it. I'm calling it. Get out. Ooh. Get out. Wow. No, that's, that's a great. possibility. Get out yeah. is going to win and well, shock the world. Well, especially if Phantom Thread starts taking votes away yeah. and get out. The people who are always get out just stay there. Has a horror movie ever won Best Picture? Like a Silence of the Lambs, if you want to call it mm-hmm. horror. Okay. No, I think that's, I think that's um, fair. I would call that a thriller, just because I like to be different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the it other, is thrilling. The other one that has a tremendous amount of momentum, but maybe not as much as we think after you said Phantom Thread, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. A terrible see, title. I, it, think, yeah. I think that has reverse momentum right now. Yeah, I, I think, I so think early in the award season, it looked like, oh, Three Billboards is going to you know make a run at in Shape of Water. And I think uh, there's certainly a lot of criticism of the movie. Fair yeah. criticism, I, I, you know, I think. Right. Um, is it's not a movie I really enjoyed. It's probably my least favorite of the nominations. Hmm. Um, it's not an awful movie. I just it is very much about incredible sharp dark dialogue, mm-hmm. which is um uh, Martin McDonough, right? Yep. Which is what he does. I actually love In Bruges. I think mm-hmm. In Bruges is one my favorite movie of his. Uh, but it just does. It feels so purposeless to me. And mm-hmm. I got to the end of it, and I was like, I'm not sure I understand what I'm supposed to take away from that movie. Now that could be failure on my part you know Maybe to you really just should have turned off your brain and had some <laughs> <laughs> enjoyed the stupid well, I, tr- I turned it on even further maybe you know I, maybe it's above my head but. i did like it it feels like uh it feels like i'm in the minority with this because i've run into so many people who don't like it um but and i understand the criticisms of it i think they might be fair in fact um the the thing that i i, I enjoyed all the performances i like performances the sto- are incredible i like the story of it too the thing is about this movie that may be leaving some people cold is this is a movie that says you don't have you don't get to have your easy answers sure. you don't you don't you're not you don't deserve them just because you want them and uh that's why i love this the ending of this movie and everything it's very complex and kind of like oh i don't know what to feel about this it's Mm open-ended it's one of those type of things i i really enjoy the idea that just because we're in a movie and just because these people deserve justice doesn't mean that they are going to get it Mm. and that's probably the story of most people who go through all this mm. and that's why i really enjoyed how how it went and how it ended and everything yeah the the sam rockwell character is like sometimes you can't 
you know, it's 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 borders on good, but being like two one note at times. Yeah, I actually haven't. I I feel like I'm the only one saying. That. I feel like everybody loves Sam Rockwell's performance. I I did find it a little bit over the top for mm. me. Um, and he's I love him in so many other things. I just yeah. didn't really enjoy him in this. Frances McDormand's performance in this is yeah. just mind blowing. I mean, right. she's she's so incredible. It's and, and it is a movie that dares to say every character is awful. Every mm-hmm. character is wonderful. Yeah. You know, the racist is a racist and he's also this guy, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, she the the mom trying to get justice for her daughter is, you know, trying to get justice. And she's also an arsonist, you know, like, yeah. I mean, it's just it's like <laughs> right. every character is seriously. You know, that's the only thing I've ever heard that made me want to watch this. Movie, <laughs> is that description right there. Well, there you go. It came from the one who doesn't like it as much as everybody yeah, else. Go. But fair enough. But, you know, and I, I wonder sometimes, too, because the, the, you, when you're saying that, you know, nobody is really good in this. I, I recently saw the old Get Carter. And uh-huh. like, and like in that movie, you're sitting there going, well, yeah, Michael Caine's the good guy in this. We want him to succeed, but he does so many things in it that you're like, oh, man, <laughs> I don't know if I can be on board with you, man. I don't know. And that was the whole point of it was that was that the the cops and whatever, when they go and just go over the line, they're they're bad guys, too. And it's sort of like it's it's this it's complex. Yeah. It's like life. Yeah. And that, yeah. And that doesn't that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, the, uh, the, another one that really probably left a lot of people cold, even though I, I, I loved it was the Florida project. Um, uh, Florida project is one of those movies that's, you know, it's, it's two different movies essentially. Um, you know, you start off with the kids and it seems like it's basically just the kids for the longest time, but then it focuses more on the mom as it gets, gets further on. And Willem Dafoe mm-hmm. is really good. He got nominated for this. But that's another movie that ends on a note where you're like, I don't know what to think about this. Oh, I, I love, hate the ending of that I, movie. I don't know what to think about this. I actually love the ending of this, but I, you know, it's one of those endings where you're like, I, I, can, see, I can yeah, see, I can you see, I can see both not liking it. Um, I feel like uh, there, here's some more more performances that maybe could have gotten. Oh my goodness! You know, uh, Brooklyn, uh, what's her last? Uh, Brooklyn Pierce, Brooklyn I think Pierce. is her name. Um, she could have gotten nominated i think either in lead or supporting for for her performance and that was another thing in the critics choice awards is when she won her award that was the most oh, her speech was thing awesome. ever um and then the the one who played the mom whose name i will never no, be able to pronounce but uh but she was really good in it too florida project isn't like super exciting or anything and it's another slow type of movie and it's very like uh, i don't know it's it's told in in episodes it doesn't really have like a big huge story the overarching story or anything um but i really liked it what's um, that director's name sean baker yeah sean baker mm-hmm. um it, it definitely is a sean baker film like he is a you know an up-and-coming director that it, that has a stamp that he puts on his movies what else has he, he made Oh, sorry to put you on the spot. No, 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 movie, that's fine. Uh, that was shot completely on an iPhone 5S yeah, or something t- like that. Was it Tangerine? Was that what it was called? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, well, well, by the way, while you look it up, I'll just tell you, I have a mini rant in the middle of this thing. Did you read that Soderbergh only wants to shoot on iPhones for the rest of his yeah, career? Yeah, saw that. Fuck off, dude. <laughs> How pretentious can you be? <laughs> Maybe I he like knows Soderberg. something that, uh, that we don't. Maybe he the doesn't. quality is at... Well, he doesn't. Yeah. He's just too experimental for his own damn good. Just well, make good, solid Soderbergh movies. <laughs> don't don't go get 
Gina Carano and put her in a action film. But that was a good movie. That was a great movie. She wasn't. Mm. Yeah. She's terrible. Yeah, she's she's probably I love Soderbergh films. I think Soderbergh has some of the most underrated movies. Well, I love Soderbergh. I love Out of Sight. I love The Limey. I love I mean, I love his work. Yeah. But Contagion. when the man talks, he sounds like <laughs> what we get accused of being. Like just so our heads stuck up on our own butt. I don't just I don't care what you shoot the fucking thing on. Just make an entertaining. I'm sorry, that's my mini rant. There no, you you're go. good. The it, Tangerine is really his only other movie. He made okay. a movie called Starlet that I haven't seen, but I remember mm. thinking, you know, after seeing Tangerine in this, that you can really feel his, you know, his fingerprints mm. on it. And you're right, Brooklyn Pierce's. I, I thought for sure they just found a kid and just shot the kid as they were. Yeah, and then you too. see her in real life, and she's like this, you know, she's this actor kid who's living the life in L.A. And but I mean, it's. It, it may be the best child performance I've ever seen. Yeah. Wow. Like, it it is, really is that good. Um, wow. Even oh, better than insane. that kid in Trolls 2? Yeah, yes. It is. Yes. It is. I, I know, know that's, that's hard to I believe. know. Yeah, it's tough to... Oh, my God! <laughs> well, now that you've acted it out, maybe he is a little bit better. <laughs> that's true. Um, you've convinced us. Another one. This one was on Netflix, Mudbound. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's getting... Uh, you know, Mary J. Blige got a nominated nomination for this. Interesting. Inter- is, is that the performance you would have picked out of this movie? No, no not at no, all. No, I would. I would, now. So first off, uh, I've, I mentioned Carrie Mulligan. I think she should have gotten nominated. For yes. This. Um, another person is Jason Mitchell. Mm. Jason Mitchell is so good in this, and he was in Straight Outta Compton and all that, and they played Easy E. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, and he is really good. Like after seeing him in that, and and this, I think that this guy should be one of those. You know on the verge of being a big actor and everything. He's really good in this. I also thought Garrett Hedlund oh, yeah? had maybe pulled in his best performance. There's a guy yeah. who fell off the face of the earth for about five years. Yeah, and it's the movie's really about them eventually. Um, their friendship mm-hmm. and everything. Um, uh, it's... Uh, oh, that movie's really good. I did, Jason I, Clark's great in it. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Banks. Oh, yeah. Bad fame. Mike Earl. Playing Bro. someone super racist. Oh. <laughs> super racist, Jonathan Banks. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, on his business card. That's right. <laughs> um, but uh, the, yeah, that was a surprise. I When I saw the nominations and everything, I actually didn't even know it was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I, had, I was looking for it on Blu-ray and if it was on theaters and everything. And then finally I found out it was on Netflix. I was like, okay, well, that's a bonus. I just can sit here and watch it at home. And it's really good. Does it's Netflix great. have any kind of Blu-ray distribution strategy? Not, not that I know of. They haven't. They haven't had a single original film released on home video. Yeah, I, I have no know. idea. I don't know. I'm just curious. You, you'd think they're leaving money on the table that way. Maybe there's some people who don't really ever want to get into Netflix and might buy the movie or whatever. Think about all the Will Smith fans out there that might give Bright a check, right? If they, but they're not Netflix fans. It seems so it seems counterphilosophical for them, though. Like it seems like something that would be, you know, like they are about the future where it's all streaming. Then they shouldn't put any movies in theaters like they do. No, that's well, I don't think they want to. But but they do well, yeah, because they have to to get qualified for Oscars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they can't have their cake and eat it too. Do you want to mention the other Netflix movies real quick? Since yeah, we're go on for the it. Netflix kick, uh, Meyerowitz. Uh, did any of you guys see the Meyerowitz new and selected? It's amazing. Yeah, it's really good. Love I, it. Man, I love Noah Baumbach. I don't think he's made a movie that I didn't that I don't like. Mm-hmm. And this one is a lot richer than you think it would because it's about this neurotic Jewish family led by this patriarch that's deeply flawed, mm-hmm. Dustin Hoffman. And then the kids with Elizabeth Marvel and Ben Stiller and uh, and Adam Sandler, just 
just kill it. And Adam Sandler's daughter is fantastic in this. His movie daughter, not his real daughter. Right. Uh, and yeah, it's really, really a lot of fun. There's some weird editing choices in this uh, that I didn't really understand, but yeah. I'm on board with this guy. It's not perfect, but it's I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. Great performances. Uh, Okja. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we do that at our house too. I loved this movie. We have a little. Oh, they sent a little stuffed okja Did to they really? our house. Oh, really? Yeah, we've got a little stuffed okja So whenever we walk through the room, everybody's like, Okja! Oh man, it's just uh, this guy. What I like about this guy. Somebody else say his name so I don't fuck it up. <laughs> Bong Joon Ho. Yeah, yeah. It's that uh, both this movie and Snowpiercer. I I finished the film going. I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> You know, parts I loved, parts were weird, parts I didn't like, but at least he's doing shit I have never seen. Yeah. Um, and I like that um, because, well, first of all, I think they're they're good movies, both of those I just two named. I really liked Okja. Uh The little girl in it was fantastic. Oh, she's great. She's absolutely wonderful in it. Uh, the only other two that I that I can think other people might mention are, uh, was it Warhammer with Brad Pitt uh, that came out? Did you guys yeah, see this? Okay, so it's not great but it's very interesting oh this is the um, like the comedy based on true story but yeah it's it's like it almost feels like they're trying to go for a coen brothers kind of feel okay yeah to, I saw his performance is really over the top and hmm. and interesting in it um but it's not a great film and then bright was the, uh, oh. the other one, so. yeah i think we've said enough about bright <laughs> bright well, and i don't know if this was 2017 but the, a movie that i did see on netflix that probably isn't a netflix original is the train to Busan. yeah that movie it's another great ass. movie that feels very snowpiercery except mm. with the zombies right 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 <laughs> uh but the, well this was a movie that uh, had a lot of great humor in it yeah. that i wasn't expecting and i think uh in addition to this being a really nice tight zombie action thriller movie, very funny too. Yeah. Like it's a dire situation, but that doesn't mean people can't crack some jokes <laughs> in there. Really uh, good. I'm gonna correct myself uh, so the internet doesn't have to. Uh, it is actually uh, War Machine. Oh, War, War Machine. War Machine is the name of the movie. War War Machine as opposed to War Hammer. Correct. I don't. I doubt anyone to would have that. <laughs> <laughs> they would have probably watched it more if it was Warhammer. <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, then there's Blade Runner twenty forty nine, yeah, which let's I talk think about is uh, the most divisive movie that I, I think. You guys are all disappointed by, it, right? No, I liked no, it. Liked oh, you it. liked it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm disappointed. I'm not disappointed. It just uh, wasn't the movie that I expected. I think it's it's gorgeous. Um, there's great performances, but I don't think the narratively it really moved me. So interesting. You, you have like the exact, like the reverse of what I have with the original and the, like, I feel that yeah, way yeah, about yeah. the original yeah, yeah. and then this one. And I wonder if it's a theater thing. I wonder if it's sitting in that theater, that big experience, the yeah. sound was just incredible at our screening and the visuals are gorgeous. And so I wonder if during those down moments that you're talking about, you know, kind of the space in the movie, which by the way, it's not as if Denis Villeneuve, this is his first time he put space in his movie. Arrival has a lot of space in it. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. He's very confident with just having these long scenery shots, yeah. you know, and yeah. he, he does a lot of that here. But I wonder if being in the spectacle of it your brain is more engaged, you know, than, you know, maybe, you know, seeing it after the fact. I don't yeah, know. no, probably so. I mean, I, if, it, if it were, you know, especially those shots of Vegas were filling an enormous screen, I would be, yeah, my heart would probably flutter. Yeah. Flatter. No, I, I enjoyed it quite flatter. a bit. I'm just disappointed I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> Once you have two hours and 45 minutes free. <laughs> 
of I uninterrupted not, I time, by the Chris, way. I, I agree with what Chris said when you guys were talking about I did not feel the time at all. When I got out, I was like, three hours? Like, I could not believe we'd been <laughs> in there three hours. I, it felt like a regular movie to me. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to do a rundown now um, of the rest of these that, uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, somewhat, uh, what we talked a little bit about Mother. That's Mother. just that's a movie you're either you're either going to be on board with or you're not. I totally fucking love board. that movie. Dude, yeah, that movie is great. That movie. I do too. I think it's uh it's just one of those movies that uh yeah, I think this is where they lured people in with a horror movie mm-hmm. and then they found that it wasn't a horror movie and everybody said, Bleh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's like a, a cabin in the mistake, woods yeah. type of thing. And I Paramount guess. was behind it. They said, we are proud of this movie even after it did nothing at the box office. But I was like, that's your fault. You mm-hmm. didn't. You should have marketed this as an art film. Yeah. Like, I know that you thought that you, maybe you thought you were going to get a bigger audience by t- saying it was the scariest horror movie I've ever seen and all that, but. Yeah, and you put Jennifer yeah. Lawrence in there like she's, you know, like a typical, you know, female protagonist, and that's that's not this movie. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's not a Jennifer Lawrence movie, you, you know. it's Well, she was dating him. That's probably how she got the gig. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Previously unknown Man, this, Jennifer this Lawrence. This has to be the weirdest experience for her, knowing what this movie is about and the way it deals, you know, with the creator and Muse, and, mm-hmm. and then for them to be in a relationship while she's filmed, like, Man, that's some counselor's going to get some money. Like, <laughs> she's serious. Um, Despicable Me Three was shitty. Uh, Battle of the Sexes. <laughs> uh, Battle of the Go Sexes sign. was an interesting. Was was not. I mean, it wasn't like oh, that's interesting. I I I was a I was a li- lured a little bit to Battle of the Sexes because I'd heard of that story way back in like the late 80s early 90s when i had this videotape from sports illustrated not so great moments in sports mm. and they mentioned this bobby riggs and billy jean king thing and everything and it was sad, it really interesting to see emma stone playing billy jean king mm-hmm. um and then steve carell you know that was that was fun but like yeah that, that was a story that i didn't the backstory i had never heard of before like i just thought it was they decided to do this match one time. I didn't realize there was all this build up to it. And did you like it? I did. I, I did like it. The trailer was fantastic. For yeah, I don't think it was. It's nothing great by any means. That's really good. But it's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Belko experiment came out earlier in uh, oh, yeah. 2017. I wasn't very high on it. We had modern horrors in here. They they broke it. They broke it down on their podcast pretty well though. Is this the one where you have to kill everybody? Yes. I yeah. just watched this the other day. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't a big fan of it. But they they took something out of it that I that I didn't really consider. Like that that the whole thing plays out like the hierarchy of a business or whatever. Who decides who who's going to kill? Who's going to be the leader? All that. That's interesting. I just don't think it makes it a good movie. And they they you know they it feels very cabin in the woods, but without humor or yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, um, that's got the guy from Newsroom in it, right? The guy that played yes, Jim on News. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, uh, Kong Skull Island, which obviously <laughs> I don't. We didn't like it. Spicy. Aaron, you kind of like. I do kind of like it. Um, it 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 is. It falls into that category that we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. of a movie that is self aware. It know you know it knows what it is. Mm-hmm. And I was along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a great time with that. It was. It. I, I think I've watched it four times now. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Because it's fun to put in with other, especially guy friends, and just watch it and just kind of enjoy it in all of its mm-hmm. stupidity and glory and so yeah no i, I enjoy it uh cars three which was as we discussed is cars one part two mm. <laughs> <laughs> um fair enough um uh, 50 shades darker might be the worst movie of the year 
It's pretty bad. <laughs> it may be the most pointless thing I've ever seen. It really it's is crazy. It's terrible. Um, Pitch Perfect 3 was surprisingly fun. Yeah, oh, no. Did you crazy. like it? Yeah, I kind of liked it. it. Again, it may fall into that category, right? Where it's it's just self-aware of what it is. Now, it's a very different movie, I think, than especially the first one. It, it has mm-hmm. kind of embraced its zaniness in a whole mm-hmm. new way in this one. But uh, Are there any shots of puke where everybody's slipping around falling in the puke? Not in this Ooh, one. Yeah. No. I did not like that second one, so I don't, I don't know. No, Maybe. this one was very light and airy. I mean, there, I could do without the whole Rebel Wilson and John Lithgow thing in this. Well, it was kind of the whole plot it, of the movie, it, wasn't no, it? No, <laughs> not really. Not really. I mean, yes, it's, it's it factors big, but I, I would rather it just be the the competition that they're in and trying to impress Callan or whatever. Did, uh, I, think, I think the lesson is Anna Kendrick can make anything awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She is so fun. Did Elizabeth Banks direct this one? Too? No. She directed the second one, though. She right? did the yeah. second one. She's in this one, but she didn't direct it. Um, but yeah, you're right. It is a big part of the movie. It's just that <laughs> I could have done without it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fine. It's okay. It's, it doesn't hurt anything. It's just that it's like, ah, fuck you. <laughs> um, Kingsman, The Golden Circle, Ooh, which was uh, another like uh, disappointing sequel, yeah. considering what we saw from the first one. That's the most disappointing thing, right? It's a dumb movie. Yeah. It's dumb. How is that dumb? The first one's smart. Yeah. I'm not dumb. I'm smart. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not like they say. But it's one of those. It's like when you see the first one, you're like, "Oh yeah, man! I can't wait to see more of these." And then it's just uh, uh, John Wick Chapter Two, which may surpass surpass the original. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a that was a pretty good one. Uh, another bad uh, worst movie of the year candidate, the Emoji Movie. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, another worst movie of the year candidate, the Mummy. Oh, oh yeah. my god. <laughs> um, oh my god. And uh, see, that's almost. That almost deserves to be the worst because mm-hmm. it had the budget and the talent mm-hmm. and the potential. And they just, it's almost like they set out to make the blandest movie ever. And an entire franchise and universe crank came crashing Crumbling down. down. <laughs> and I could not be happier about it. Um, Can I throw out a couple more disappointments since we're in that, that vein? Suburbicon. Oh, uh, okay. So disappointing with the talent that was behind that. I'm I don't starting know if to it, think George Clooney's not a good director. I'm wondering... And I'm he's wondering. directing this Catch-22 series for Amazon, or Hulu, one of the two. Mm. And I'm like, man, Clooney acting in Catch-22? Yeah. I could see that. Mm-hmm. But nothing he's directed makes me think that he's got a handle on that. Yeah. So, I don't know. Downsizing? Yeah. Disappointment for me. Did any of the rest of you see one that? One of the biggest ones I haven't seen this year. Um, I found it's really disappointing. Then there are the typical disappointments: Power Rangers. Oh yeah. Um, Valerian. People, people liked uh, Power Rangers, though. There are some people that liked Power Rangers. It set up fairly well, yes. and then it just kind of came crashing problem. down to a to just a dumb action to play. the well, donut shop. That's where it came crashing yeah, down to. It's, it's Krispy Kreme the movie, but yeah. it, you're right, and that's that's an even bigger issue for me. Is when a movie goes, oh look at this amazing movie we could be. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to do any of that for the you know yeah. the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's like. That that could have been interesting. Yeah. You were actually I was buying into those characters. It was inter- it was authentic, and then you decided to be a completely different movie. Yeah. So uh, vying for most average movie of 2017, Alien Covenant. <laughs> 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 there's a there's a thing that uh, David Wayne did uh, probably ten to ten, probably longer ago. Where he had the middle ten movies of the year. <laughs> Look that up. That's funny, man. Uh, yeah. Because it's just one of it's like none of these movies are terrible. None of these movies are great. 
This is the they're just <laughs> average. Uh, uh, a movie that was good but probably should have been better. Happy Death Day. Yeah. Uh, was uh, was was kind of so fun. Do I, fun. Do I just like because I, that was my movie of low expectations? Oh, that was good. Mm-hmm. You know, like and I maybe I love See, it more for that because of I that. may have had higher expectations. See, that's what I wonder because I love the trailer for it. Yeah. So yeah, it is funny to me though that they, in the club isn't featured in the actual movie. Yeah, yeah. but it's the whole focal point of the trailer. Yeah. Um. Uh, another. This was a terrible Stephen King adaptation, The Dark Tower. Oh god! Um, another huge disappointment. Yeah, very Ugh. big disappointment. That movie sucked. Um. Matt Damon. We might be seeing the fall of Matt Damon yeah. this year. The Great Wall. Yeah. So yeah, The Great Wall, Suburbicon, and Downsizing. None of those. Yeah. Movies. Although The Great Wall did make money in China. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, maybe not a total loss for him this year, but you might be thinking maybe he's not the name that maybe. he was. Maybe. He's just uh, discount Jesse Plemons. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Jesse Plemons on the rise. Oh, my God. Can you? We got to put that in the next Matt Damon movie we do, right? Yeah. That's I, was oh saving, my God. I was saving that in my bag of tricks, but uh, whoever wants may, to use it can may use have, it. may have to cut that so that we can have a surprise. That's good. Um, you mentioned Valerian, I think. Um, I was mentioning it in the disappointments, and the reason I, fi- I find that one to be a disappointment is because there's so much potential there. There really is uh, a lot of potential, and I, I feel like the casting alone derailed that movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. exactly. Bane Han, man. I do. Yeah, the uh, it's interesting about this. I had a Facebook friend who who mentioned that this movie basically was set up where it couldn't be a failure. And I yeah. I wrote back to him saying that it's got to make twice uh, its money back or whatever, but he 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 brought up an article that basically said there were so many different companies involved with this that nobody really lost any money. Right. He's got it. He's got it diversified so much. Luke yeah. Besson does with this this backing company where there's so many different investors that. They're they're letting him just do free reign. Yeah. Um. Uh, another Dane DeHaan, a cure for wellness. Oh. Uh, which is another just. Oh, oh man, that the trailer for that movie. I love the yeah, trailer. Yeah. And then yeah, you watch it. It's kind of a Wicker Man type of movie almost. Although it's, I mean, would would you would you what you, how would you categorize a cure for wellness? Uh, trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it no, is, it, it, I mean, and I mean that both in the way that I don't think it's a good movie. And also in a way that, that it appeals to the trashy side of movie making. There's mm-hmm. a lot of extreme everything in this movie. And the only other the only other movie this year, oh, I think it was this year, uh, that I had as many moments as like, why? Like, why do you go there? Uh, was the horror movie uh, Don't Don't Breathe? What, what was oh, it? Oh, yeah. That was 2016. <laughs> that was that 2016. <laughs> but it's that same kind of feeling where it's like, you can you can make this character evil without you know wanting to make us run out of the theater. Right. You know what I mean? Like, listen, sometimes a movie needs a semen turkey base, right? And sometimes and, it doesn't. And and in the case of Call Me by Your Name, a semen filled peach. Oh my god! <laughs> um, okay, right, we're, this, we're, on, we're almost we're almost done. Uh, Ghost in the Shell was another big disappointment. Uh. Um, uh, uh, the movie Life, which had Ryan Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal, should have been a lot better. But so generic from the title to the dude is it not to the movie itself. It's just generic. Really? It's just I, I it really is. You're not gonna watch it and go, "This is shit." I'm gonna turn it off. But you're not gonna watch it and go, "I'm really into this." <laughs> it's just you. 
you're only hanging on to see if they keep making average decisions, and they, and they do. <laughs> it could win an award for the the most wasted Jake Gyllenhaal performance. Mm. Like he does mm. nothing in that movie, even more than Bubble Boy. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then one other movie that I saw that I thought had so much promise from the trailer and ended up being very, very not good at all. The House. Oh yeah, um, Will Ferrell, Amy Poehler. I thought that had a lot of potential, and it uh, and the trailer was just cut the right way. That's a shame. Um, can I? And we can cut this out. Uh-huh. But I feel like there are some that we at least have to just say the name. Go of. for it. All right. uh, we didn't even mention Itanya. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, uh, which you know is is up for a lot of awards and such. I think it's a great movie. Only the Brave. I have to give props to Only the Brave. Mm-hmm. Great fire uh, fighter movie. Uh, Wonder is another one that's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Jacob Tremblay, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's he's mask rebooted. Phenomenal yeah. in it. Uh, Gifted is another phenomenal movie. Uh, Gifted. Gifted is the one with um, blanking on which Chris uh, Captain America Evans. Chris oh Evans, yeah, Chris right? Evans. Chris Evans is in it. Uh, oh, another I know great, what you're talking about. Another yeah, great yeah. kid performance uh, in that. Oh, little movie. girl good at math. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was the working title. <laughs> little, little girl good at math is shooting down the road. Also, Blue Harvest. <laughs> Can I go visit? Uh, we gave lip service to Split, so I think we mentioned that. Uh, Logan Lucky. Oh, yeah, that's uh, another one I haven't seen. A little, little bit divisive. I think there are people who don't like it, but speaking of Soderbergh, who we've mentioned, you know, uh, and Channing Tatum and well, it's no good because he didn't shoot it on an iPhone. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> he just done that. That's true. Uh, Wind River. We didn't mention. Oh, see. I, I did see that. Yeah. This is why I'm kicking myself because I I have the sneaking suspicion if I would managed to watch this fucking movie before we did this podcast, I would be jumping up and down picking wonder, Wind River because I love Hell or High Water so much, and I think you're going to really like it. I don't think you're going to like it as much as Hell or High Water. Right, well, I'm, I'm very excited to watch it. Great um, performances. Um, I, it's it's yeah. a very engaging movie. That this is this Beautiful. is Jeremy Renner at his best. I think so. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and yeah, this was a, a movie that sort of slipped by me when it was in theaters and everything. I finally got a chance to see that on Blu-ray. Uh, really, really well done. Yes, not as good as Hell or High Water, but uh, I do. I, I think it's. I think it's on that level at least what's his name taylor sheridan yeah that's the guy that wrote hell or high water and wrote and directed wind river right correct okay yeah yeah absolutely a stronger jake gyllenhaal amazing performance Mm -hmm. uh in that your name is uh an anime uh, about uh a guy and a girl it's kind of you think it's a body switch movie but it's more than that Hmm. i'll just say that i don't want to give too much away Uh, man who invented christmas was good uh last flag flying was better than a lot of people are giving it credit for um atomic blonde we didn't mention mm-hmm. uh incredible performance there by charlize uh that's lost- what they should have done with charlize in fate of the furious but instead they had her stand in a room with screens <laughs> yeah Bart and, and like shouting saying stuff to herself <laughs> you know while she's alone she's so good in atomic blonde and that that movie is a movie that actually dares to make a female action hero a female action hero you know what i mean mm-hmm. it yeah doesn't sugarcoat it at all uh, Lost City of Z was good. Um, you know, th- other than that, I think I think the rest are just kind of mediocre. And you like Greatest Showman too, right? I didn't, uh, but a lot of people around me did. No, I I have major issues with Greatest Showman. 
Uh, it is one of those movies. I just heard him earlier. I yeah, I did too. I thought you said you liked it. No, my my wife is going to see it again right now because yeah. she loves it. Uh, I had to be dragged to the theater to see it a second time. <laughs> uh, it is one of those movies. And I don't know if you have any like this where it is the best of times. It is the worst of times. The music and choreography in that movie is insane. The Rocky like, Horror Picture. It show. is so <laughs> good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I mean, the problematic part that it's P.T. Barnum is, yeah. mm-hmm. is awful. Just make um, it a different dude. Make a it, fictional dude. Completely. And I would, lo- it would be one of my favorite movies of the year if this wasn't about a real person. Uh, it wouldn't be my favorite movie of the year because the other major issue it has is it's shallow. There's not a lot of depth to it. It's mm. all right there on the surface. You're telling me a Zac Efron and Zendaya <laughs> movie is shallow? I am telling you that. Well, fuck off, sir. <laughs> fuck off. That, that actually could be the title of the movie for me. Yeah. Fuck off, Jeremy. You right. hated Les Mis so much. Yeah. You don't even want to come sniff this movie. Aaron, uh, what's your movie of the year? Uh, shout outs to uh, shout outs to Free Fire and Ingrid. Let's go through the whole goddamn list. (laughs) I told you you could cut it out. I told you you could cut it out. But I'm telling you, go for your shout outs, man. uh, Shout outs to uh, Ingrid Goes West uh, Uh, and Free Fire. uh, Two that you also might want to see. All right. Uh, Okay. What is your What is your favorite movie of the year? My favorite movie of the year, which is not necessarily same as the best movie of the year, but my favorite movie of the year is Coco. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. But is that what you're voting for best of the year? Well, our, is it is it voting? Is do you want me to vote for best movie of the year, favorite movie of the year, or we've always gone with best? I thought we've always gone with best. What you think is the All best? Right, then movie I'm going. Of the year. Yes. Then I'm going with Lady Bird. Okay. Lady Bird. Lady Bird. I had that feeling, man. As soon as I walked out, I was like, man, I love this movie. Yeah, it's mm. so good. Hmm. Bird de la Lady. <laughs> Jeremy. Uh Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Nice. Yeah, that would definitely be, that's definitely a consideration for me as well. Barrett. That's going to be a movie that we, we talk about for years to come, I think. I think so, too. Kirk. Um, I really like Phantom Thread, and I really wanted to put this here, but the movie that I'm going to watch, you know, a million times from now is Get Out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's consistently, we saw it way back in February, and it has consistently remained at the top of my list the whole year. We're going to have a winner on the first round. Wow, I almost went Get Out, too. Yeah, Get Out is, ah, uh, is my, out. my yeah. number one. Followed by, if if you had said, I think if you had said Phantom Thread for yours, I would have said Get Out, and then I would have said Phantom Thread on my second. Mm-hmm. I think those are like the top two for me. Yeah. Um, And then I would put you know some mixture of like Dunkirk and Lady Bird and all that. Molly's Game would be in there somewhere. Wonder Woman, probably. But Shape of Water and Call Me By Your Name is not really on our radar as, as being the best of the year. No, right? I wouldn't think that it would. I don't think either of those movies would have a chance to win in this room, mm-hmm. probably. Mm-hmm. Um, Both very good. Yeah, not- yeah. Phantom Thread would have been my number two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I think it's either gonna be it was either gonna be Get Out or Phantom Thread. It would have been all. murky to do the math though, because if you went, if you'd gone Phantom Thread after he went Get Out, and then you went Get Out and you went Phantom Thread, I would have gone Get Out, mm-hmm. and you would have gone Phantom Thread. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been really difficult, true. is what well, I'm then, saying. I'd have to break out the abacus. Yeah, well, then they, it would have to would be still be tied. Well, then at it that would point. have to be between Get Out and Phantom yeah, Thread yeah. because we can't then start going to the third level and assume that something's better than Get Out and Phantom <laughs> Thread. That's the yeah. problem with having four people voting on this. <laughs> that's right, you know? that's yeah. right. All right, so Get Out is our 2017. Yay, out. And I think mm. you guys are probably okay with that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was, it, I that really was my was prediction. Yeah, was, yeah. That was my prediction for today. Is the 
nice. did get it. It was also the Sif Pop movie of the year as well. Oh, nice. So, yeah. oh, good. Um, consistency. Synergy. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. I will be very excited if that wins the Oscar. Yeah. I will be excited. I won't, I'll, it'll be the most excitement I've had in an Oscar. Me too. I think a lot of people will be excited. Yeah. We still have how when is it? When are the Oscars? February 20 something? Uh, it's March. March. Yeah, March. March? Yeah. Um, well, how long have they been in March? Well, there was a period of time where it was always in March. Like late March, in fact. Mm-hmm. Then they moved it back to February because they felt like they weren't getting enough awards momentum. Mm. Then they decided to move it back to March because there weren't enough movies getting their due mm. because they weren't getting enough screeners out. In time. That's still plenty of time for a new contender to start getting more buzz. Mm. Sure. That's still plenty of time for the, the patterns to shift as we get closer. Are ballots out? I think ballots I are think already that out. It is crazy that uh, that Get Out will have been released for over a year when the Oscars yeah. took place. Well, I I was I re-listened to when we did this last year, and we were talking about Get Out yeah. while we were doing this podcast yeah. last year. <laughs> yeah. So that's how good it is, man. Yeah, this if Get Out wins, it'll be the first time I think since Silence of the Lambs that a movie released that early in the year mm-hmm. got I won it. All right, well that'll do it for this uh, this week. Hope you enjoyed the 2017 best of supersized baby it was very supersized we couldn't even get to questions or a rant or i snuck a rant in there we snuck a rant we snuck some rants in there oh we i'm even, gonna rant after this episode's over i'm going on a rant we even, we even gave you some education about the titles of books that uh, we don't use anymore and some education on fruit fucking that's right <laughs> This this episode had it all. Yes, it really, it did. really did. Anyway, um, keep going to uh, Sincast presented by CinemaSins, uh, Facebook page, SoundCloud. Go to our Twitter, CinemaSins. Keep going to G- uh, our email. Our mm-hmm. email. So, Visit Aaron over at SifPop. Yeah. Visit Aaron yeah. at SifPop. Aaron Dicer. Yeah, hit me up at Aaron Dicer on Twitter. The podcast is SiftPop, S-I-F-T-P-O-P. You can also check out my YouTube channel. I do two reviews a week on movies at Your, your movie, movie Friend. Friend. Your yep. Movie it's really Friend. good. All three of us have been on Sif Pop yeah. in one way or another. I think I was on it in the last like four times, I guess, last Ooh. year, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Oh, you were there wow. like three times. I think so, yeah. yeah. Jeremy, you were on it a couple? No, I think once or twice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I got to review Kong Skull. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was before the fallout. It yes, was. It was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott Barrett Share and Aaron Dicer. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? Just come over here and build stuff? And- mm-hmm. Got those mounted, too. Ah. So now we're fully fleshed out. Which movie came down for that? Uh, Jackie Brown came down over there, and I put American Beauty over there. All right. That works. Yeah. That guitar really should be played. Oh, man. I was, uh, I was stroking it before I mounted it. <laughs> did that just happen naturally? <laughs> Or have you been planning that for a no. week? No. That, sounded, that sounded like something. That sounded, it seriously sounded like a line you've used a hundred times, right? I was like, that's just something Barrett says when people ask about the guitar. That's way uh, too good. Oh my god! Realized gosh. It, how silly it was halfway through. Oh, it happens a lot. Happens a lot. Is this the case that came in? Yes. We gotta find. We just put this in the closet. We still have any ten-year-old.
kids in the closet? Yeah. <laughs> Do we still Chris's, have Chris's daughter or whatever it was? <laughs> I don't remember what that was about. Yes, uh, this is Aaron in the house. Literally. In the heezy. In the heezy for sheezy. For sleazy. For sleazy. There was a um, a type of cheese dip called bar schlees. Have you ever heard of this? A type of what? Uh, cheese dip. Okay. Winshulers was the brand, and they just called it bar schlees. Bar it was, It's the best cheese dip I've ever had. But if it's hmm. if it has an L in it, is it really cheese? If it has an L in it, <laughs> you said schlees. It is. It's schlees. Bar yeah. schlees. That's not cheese. <laughs> well, that's a name. <laughs> it's like poser cheese. Chihuahua is not a dog. It doesn't say dog anywhere in there. It's like pleather. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah, exactly. The wrong trousers. Word See, is... there's my Scottish accent. That's the best I've got. Trousers? Trousers? The wrong trousers. <laughs> Just think Scotty from Star Trek when you want to do Scottish. Uh, I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. I love you. Always have. Always will. I want to marry you. The good Lord says you're fucked. <laughs> so did you see there, apparently the other day, Jim Caviezel said uh, Passion of the Christ sequel is going to be the biggest movie ever. It probably will be. I am i don't. I think you could argue that. The first well, one. I, I totally disagree, by the way. I do too. I think, the first it's, one, I think it's, I, I don't think it's going to bomb. Right. I don't think it'll be near as big as Passion was. No. What was the the box office for? Because it's the oh, highest. it's crazy. It's the highest rated R. Three hundred million. Yeah, it's highest, over three hundred. Three hundred something. But that, I mean, we got movies nowadays that are making a billion. So yeah, Passion of the Christ two is not gonna. But what is he? Gonna, do you know more about this than I do? Is he gonna? I don't know. Is it gonna be like, like where, when is he gonna set this? It's the resurrection. It's the resurrection story. <laughs> there's only so much time that you've got to work with. But there's not. <laughs> you've got, what, three days? There. Right. <laughs> no, it's his, his life it's in gonna Germany. It's going to be in real time. Like, uh, <laughs> it's going to be a prequel. <laughs> Actually, Prussia. Prussia, I mean, not Germany. It's not. Does the Bible... I, I, I obviously went to church and learned a bunch of Bible stories and stuff like that, but I don't remember if the Bible really discusses much about Jesus after the resurrection. No, because he, his job's done. It's he Holy appears time. to a couple different people, um, like Thomas, right? Well, Thomas wants to put his hand in there to prove that it's him. He appears to the disciples, and then he, he goes up to heaven. Oh, okay, I didn't know that was the. Uh, I mean, he literally pieces out. That's right. <laughs> Barrett will be able to school us all on this in the next ten years. <laughs> <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time when we we'd first moved to Nashville and Kevin? And Andrew and Josh and I went to the, we got invited to this church and we didn't know anything about it. And it was in like an office park, you know, like okay. an office complex. Yeah, well, sure, yeah, yeah. Like, and we go in and it's basically church until a bunch of little girls start skipping around with ribbons. Yeah. yeah and they're yeah. like doing ribbon dancing. Yeah. Yeah. And Ooh, flags much every, sometimes too, everything yeah. after that was some of the weirdest church I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it interesting bizarre. stuff. We didn't go back. They were doing rhythmic <laughs> gymnastics. I don't know what they were doing. Yeah, it was like Vince Vaughn out there. Was it Vince Vaughn that does the ribbon dance? Will Ferrell did it. Oh, yeah. shit. What is Vin- oh, Vince Vaughn does the rings. Yeah, <laughs> while he's smoking. <laughs> I'll make sure to cut that. You should. Because <laughs> if you don't. It's going to be people gathering out in your lawn. Yeah. Like, I got his Wi-Fi signal. Why, why are all these weird hippies showing up on my lawn? <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Wendy's, McDonald's, Starbucks, <laughs> blah, 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 yep. Office Max, <laughs> my, my Aunt Betty, uh, Aunt Betty, Office Max. <laughs> Get a free stapler today. <laughs> oh shit! There's no chance that 
is the stomach of Mina Savara. I doubt it. I bet it's a model. It has to be. Yeah, it's somebody they hired for you know a day to go. Although, I bet there's a place in that movie where we could double check. Oh yeah. Although the other thing that they do with that, of course, is they make the belly button look like a hook. So I don't know if that's somebody who has a belly button that looks like a hook, or if that's some digital thing. It's a model, Chloe Hunter. Ooh, look at that! Google is our friend. The internet ruins everything. (laughs) I can't even have a whimsical "what if" conversation without facts getting in the way. What's her name? I was going to go home and pull up American Beauty and find that scene and compare, (laughs) and you've robbed me of that experience. You can still do that. You can still do that, bastard. Yeah, no, you can still do that. You can keep the dream alive. (laughs) That's right. Fake news, Google. (laughs) I need a reason. (laughs) 